you know, it's funny. I, I, I liken this podcast to the release of this film. <laughs> we, we, we had intentions of doing this weeks ago, uh-huh. and then you know scheduling conflicts got in the way, so we had to reschedule. Then we were going to try to do this last night, which we actually did record a podcast last night. And One that nobody will ever hear. Yeah, he who shall not be named was a third party to this event, and uh, he was completely off his tits, and so it was off fucking <laughs> unlistenable. I wasn't exactly sober either, but uh, no, I this, also wasn't this, uh, this third. You, you guess who it is. It's somebody who's on this show regularly. So, anyhow, uh, Auger and Friends, I got Matt Castro with me. We're finally talking about uh, No Time to Die. Finally. Finally, dude. We started doing this, what? Over, had to be over a year ago we started Bonds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and during COVID. During COVID, we did all the Bond films. Yeah. We did our ranking. We did our Spectre slash prediction episode. Through Zoom. We were socially distanced. We were socially distanced. Yeah, we were very <laughs> responsible. Yeah. And uh, finally... We're finally doing it. Yeah, so... Um, shit, man. You know, the one... I think the one disappointment about last night is we drank that fucking bottle I of know. Bollinger. We should have done that. And we were talking before this came out, and Matt was like, dude, we should drink a bottle of Bollinger when this comes out. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then that, that went to shit, so... I yeah. almost brought another bottle today, and then I, and then I was like... We really, we really don't need another bottle of champagne. Yeah. Like, we got two fucking growlers of beer in there. Yeah, like, we are good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that, those. Huh? I want to try those. The beer? Yeah. Okay. You can? Okay. Let me get you a glass? No, I've still, I've got this. Oh, okay. So anyhow. The Bollinger was very good. You can come over here too if you want. Emma's also in the background here. Yep. I'm shopping. Okay. The Bollinger was great. The podcast was... Uh, not too great. I'll tell you what, when you're done, come over here when we wrap this up, because you saw this movie. Yeah. So we'll oh, get yeah. your like quick thoughts on it. For but, sure. So Matt's seen this four times. Correct. I've seen it twice. Yep. Um, we'll start at the beginning like we were going to do last night, right? Yes. And so, fuck what um, he who shall not be named has said. You and I are both in agreement that this may be the best pre-title sequence in any of the Bond movies. It's pretty great. Or it's up there. It's really up there. It's yeah. a it's a good one. Yeah. Um, it's very long. Yeah. I think the previous longest pre-titles before this was The World Is Not Enough, and that's like 13 minutes. This was almost 30. Right. So it's a very long pre-title sequence. But I think it's actually kind of smart because it's a long movie, and so instead of having a five-minute pre-titles and then a really long movie, it does right. feel like you're stretching out the time. Um, this movie's long, but it does feel paced well. I think it, it moved along pretty quickly. There's definitely some moments I think could have been maybe trimmed down, but I think a long pre-titles makes sense for this for this movie. And the, we kind of get two parts to the pre-titles, which the, is unique. The director's name is Kerry uh, Fuk- Kerry Fukunaga. Fukunaga. Yeah. Who's comes from a horror background, correct? He's done horror. He's done. He's a really eclectic. Okay. I think he's done some horror stuff. He did a movie called Beasts of No Nation, which was about I think it's about like terrorist groups in Africa or something like that. Oh, no shit. He did season one of True Detective. Okay, that's what he's most known for. That's what he's most known for is True Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought he did great. I well, I was going to say, because I had heard that he has at least some kind of a background in horror, and you could definitely tell oh, yeah. with this first scene. Um, the way um, it's shot where, like, a young... Um, Madeline Swan. Madeline Swan. Yeah. Who, if you've seen Spectre and you're kind of a fan of this franchise, you know this is the story that's being told right here. Right. Um, it's the story in Spectre that she tells on the train correct. where she says, a man came to kill me. I kind of liked that. I thought it was a neat touch. I even leaned over to Matt and said, this is Madeline, right? Yeah. And, and it's okay. So my, maybe not everybody will catch on to that right away, but regardless, 
I'm going to say most people won't catch on. Probably not. <laughs> Probably yeah. not. That's just for the super geeks like yeah. us. <laughs> so she comes down the stairs and, you know, her mom is telling her that her dad's killer. Uh, get me some more wine, blah, blah, blah. Her mom's all pilled out and shit. But the horror aspect of this is done masterfully. He's wearing this creepy-ass mask. There's a guy that... It, it, it shows like an overhead shot of a guy kind of slogging towards this house. Then once he gets there, he's just looking in the window. And um, young Madeline runs upstairs and hides. And then... Um, this is our villain who is... Um, this is Saffin. Saffin. Lucifer Saffin. Yeah. And he's come to kill her family. Right. Madeline's family, because Mr. White, her father, killed his parents. He, Mr. White works for Spectre. Correct. So, yeah. A lot of parents getting killed in this movie. He blows her away on the couch yeah. with a machine gun. I mean, the only thing that's missing is a tons of blood, but the brutality of it is still there. There's it makes a, its point. There's a number of kills and uh, shots in this movie that are pretty brutal. Yeah. It's pretty brutal fights. Bond's got a couple of really brutal kills. Yeah. This is this is pretty brutal. Just just murdering this child's mother right in front of her. Yeah, yeah bloodless. But you know, this is James Bond. It's P, still a PG thirteen movie, so we're not going to get too gory. But exactly. But the horror element is definitely there. And then you know, he comes up after her. She shoots him in a badass move that I think everybody liked. Yeah. Um. And then uh, she drags his body outside, which is pretty cool. And then he just like shot right over him. He catches his breath and sits straight up like Michael Myers or something. Yeah. It is very horror. Yeah. yeah. And then she, he, you know, he's chasing her across the ice, and the ice starts cracking. And the moment is very tense. Very. Obviously, like you said, if you pick up on that this is a young Madeline, you know she lives. Sure. But if you don't, you're like, what the fuck's going to happen here, and how does this relate to the rest of the film? He ends up saving her, though, after she falls into the ice. Yeah. And um, then it cuts to Madeline in today's age. She's kind of having a flashback. Yeah, we see this a little bit of this later on, too, with another child. Um, but uh, Saffin seems to have a soft spot for kids, maybe because his family died when he was a child. So yeah. he, he he saves her as a child. He he's very it, creepy, though. He's very there. creepy. Yeah, he's very. This is a. It's a shame because he's not in the film very much. Yeah. Apparently, um, Rami Malek had like some scheduling conflicts when they were actually filming us, so he couldn't be there all that much. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I guess so. And and the movie's just too stuffed. There's a lot going on here. Anyway, it's a two hour and forty five minute. It's I a mean, long movie. Again. The fact that Emma went and watched this movie is like a true testament of her love for you, dude. Because <laughs> thank you, Emma. <laughs> for her to so sit through movie. a two-hour, forty-five-minute movie, but she said she actually pretty much enjoyed it for nice. the most part. Which, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, there you go. But anyhow, Got it. okay. So it cuts to Bond and Madeline yeah. um, in they're in uh, Italy, right? They're in Italy, presumably. I don't. They say it's his wife. I don't know if they actually got married. I think it's just implied that they're together now. Yeah. Um, Daniel Craig is in great shape in this movie, by the way. Daniel Craig doesn't take his shirt off once in Spectre um, because he was, the, I think, the puffiest he had ever been. You could kind of tell he was he was filling out that suit a little he had more. had zero carbs in the making of this film. This dude had no <laughs> carbohydrates. He's 52 years old and has a perfect six-pack. No shit. It's ripped. It's insane. I'm 30 and I look like a ball of dough. I mean, it's <laughs> maddening. So, you know, obviously a lot of Bond movies have this element, but goddamn, are you so jealous of these two to be... Oh, I mean, come on. In that town with a badass car and, you know, something about it's just very, like, calming and... and it's um, super calming. I don't know. Um, I don't know the word, like... It's, it's tranquil. 
Yes! It's tranquil. There you go. And it's and it's perfectly done because this is supposed to be James Bond at peace. He's found he's found a girl that he loves, literally a girl, she's like half his age, but whatever. Um, <laughs> she's very young. <laughs> much younger than him. Uh, that he loves. He thinks he's left his crazy life behind. He's settling down and he's on a really nice vacation now. And this is a pretty this is a good moment to talk about the score because the I think Hans Zimmer knocked it out he of the park. Knocked it out of the park, yeah. Super good. Um, I'll take a little top off for going. Yeah, I'll get you. Go ahead, keep talking. The uh, the score in this scene is so good, and yet it really lends that element of tranquility to it. But there's just this shot where they're driving up a hill, overlooking the water in Italy, and that's where they work in the Honor Majesty Secret Service uh, yeah. music for the it, first time. And Bond says the line. He says, we have all the time in the, in the world. And this is like, where oh. we start seeing the homages to the old yes. movies, which there are a ton in this. A ton. I mean, this is kind of... I mean, this is kind of the... The inverse of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bond is picking up where he's he's left the service. He's presumably married. Um, she doesn't die. It's, Bond dies. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but we get there. Uh, yeah, and it's just it's just just this beautiful. I don't know. It feels so natural too. One of the complaints that I had about the Mendez films, so Skyfall and Spectre both, is that sometimes the dialogue felt really clunky and unnatural. I can't quite put my finger on it, but for me, there's always been something about those movies that kind of bugged me. And in this one, all the dialogue flowed really well. Everything felt natural. Well, not only that, but I feel like... Stop me if I'm speaking out of school here. I feel like Daniel Craig, this is the most he's acted in any of these movies. Not not that he wasn't good, but Mm -hmm. there's so much range here. There's so much emotion. Different emotions that you get from Bond in this film. Um, a lot of it's because his life is so different now than, than it was when he was coming up as a double O. Yeah. But um, he's basically not... A, well, he's literally not 007 in this movie, but there's also an element of him where he's like, I'm only doing this for this... When he, when he finally does come back later on in the movie, this, there's an element to his character where like, I'm, I feel unburdened by this job because I'm only doing this for a, like for a minute. I'm going to pop back in, do this one last mission, and then I'm going back into retirement. Right. So he plays it very differently, and I, I do completely agree. He acts the most in this film. I think he also talks the most in this film. Yeah. He has the most dialogue that we've ever seen out of Daniel Craig. He's very silent in a lot of these films. He speaks in sort of like one word sentences. Right. And maybe that's why I felt like the dialogue flowed better because he was just saying more and he was pulling it off really, really well. Um, This movie felt like not just a, 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 a love letter to Bond, but it felt like a love letter to Daniel Craig. He's in almost every scene, which is really unusual for a Bond movie. Usually we get scenes where we cut to the villains or whoever but he is in almost every frame of this movie it's yeah. amazing yeah yeah and, and they're in Italy too because um and this is one thing we'll touch on as we go through this but they really tie this fucking thing up I oh. mean they leave no stone unturned <laughs> if I had if I had one complaint about the movie well I I okay I really like this movie a lot obviously you can but I do have some complaints <laughs> but um one complaint I do have, though, is that they almost tie everything up too well. It's it's like all the loose... Well, I mean, you know, we've already, we've already spoiled everything. If this, if this franchise is an Airbnb, when they left, they've done all the dishes. <laughs> they've swept. They have, you know, yeah, cleaned the tubs. Done. Yeah, they've yeah. locked every door. They've it's turned almost, the furnace off. It's almost too tight. But, like, we find out later... I'm just going to jump ahead. We find out later that, you know, Felix dies. We'll jump all over the place. It's, it. it's fine. Yeah. Felix... I assume, yeah, I assume if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. And if you haven't, what's wrong with you? 
Yeah. Um, it's been out for a while it's now. It's been out so. for like a month. So Felix, like, Felix Leiden dies. James Bond, heroic ass, you know, uh, crazy over the top death. Took 146 missiles to kill James Bond. Um, uh, uh, Spectre, all wiped out. Every single one of them. Every single one of them is gone. I didn't like that. I, I, I didn't like that they just like got rid of Spectre completely. Yeah. It was like, oh, like, uh, yeah. you just like wiped him. Oh, Blofeld. Blofeld, dead. Um, I don't like Christoph Waltz's Blofeld. That's another thing. We'll, we'll get there, but I still don't he like him. He was better in this, but still not up to par. He was better in this, but still not that good. And I don't like the... Con- Again, jumping around. I think this movie would have been better. And I really liked Rami Malek as Saffin, but I think this movie would have been better if Blofeld was the main villain. Because Saffin's barely in it. Yeah. And Blofeld is basically just like, a, he's supposed to be the big bad guy, and he's like a cameo. And then he's in it for five minutes. And then he's, you know, out he of He should have broke out of prison in the they beginning. Should, they should have had Dave Bautista come back with a neck brace on and bust him out of prison. And then, and then <laughs> he's... Neck brace. Yeah, because he got his neck Because he got his neck Or broke. just do a Jaws. There's no explanation. Yeah, he's just cares? alive in the Whatever. Next scene. He's, just, he's just there. I mean, that's what they're going to do for the next film with James Bond. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. But, uh... Um, yeah, no, they should. They could have just. They could have just broken Blofeld out of prison. He could have been the big bad guy, and you could have basically had the exact same movie. Yeah. Um, and I really like Rami Malek as Saffin. He's a creepy old school Bond villain. Um, but you just you just don't need him in this movie. You you want to talk about a complete reversal for me from Spectre to this? Sure. It's Madeline Swan. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. She is so good in this, dude. Yeah. And in the last Inspector, like, I don't know if it was the writing or. She just got better chops as, as time went on, but um, uh, her name is... Um, Leah Seydoux. Leah Seydoux. She yeah. was fucking fantastic in this. She was great. She really was. Um, I, I mean, we talked about it in our... When we talked about um, Spectre a couple months ago, whatever it was, um, that Sam Mendes, the director of Spectre, was like super checked out towards the end. Like He and Daniel Craig were about to get into a fist fight by the end of the movie, apparently. Right. They really didn't like each other. Um, I think it could have been the directing... She just didn't get enough to do. The script was weak. Um, you know, the the, the one uh, sort of new element of this movie was uh, they brought in Phoebe Waller-Bridge to, to just to punch up the script. She didn't write anything. She just sort of, like, you know, punched up the dialogue. She did script doctoring. And um, I'm assuming she did a great job because Purvis and Wade have been around forever. Um, and uh, this script felt pretty tight and pretty well-written. So I assume that had to be at least partially on her. And uh, Carrie Fukunaga helped write the script as well. So uh, I think just, yeah, better writing, better directing. I don't know, more involvement. Uh, like, yeah. She was great, though. She was absolutely wonderful. To, to jump back to the, the pre-titles, um, so Madeline tells Bond, hey, you got to go to Vesper's grave. Yeah, which put this behind you sort of thing. See, these are certain things, though, where if you haven't been following along this whole time like for example Emma watching this yeah. she probably has no idea who the fuck Vesper is that's a problem with these movies is that the, the fun of Bond films and part of their success was that you could jump in and out you could not see a Bond movie for 10 years and then a new one comes out and you're like oh cool yeah I'll well, see a Bond MCU movie. effect what's that? this is the MCU effect yeah it is and I don't like it to be clear I, it works for Craig I think this um, I think they really stuck the landing on this on this end for the most part. I really like it. I think it elevates the rest of his run a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Having said that, I don't want them to do this anymore. I'm just acting his butt off here. Yeah. And he just uh, he just says, "I miss you," and you can see or something like that, and you can just see like pain in his eyes. No, he. You know what he said? What's he does it? say that, and then he. So Madeline tells him to go to the grave and forgive her. That's right. So he does say, "I miss you," and then he says. Forgive me. That's right. Oh, so God. he asked her for forgiveness. Yeah. 
He's not trying to forgive her. He wants her to forgive him. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Since four times, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. Because he clearly carries that around. By the way, one thing I'm going to touch upon a lot. This movie has a ton of Fleming influences in it. Like, not just story beats, because there is stuff from the books. There's a bunch of stuff from You Only Live Twice in the book, like the Poison Garden at the end. Um, but just the, the motifs and the nature of the movie are just straight out of Fleming. Like, the bond in the books is a romantic. He falls in love a lot. He carries this baggage with him. He's very dark. Um, he constantly thinks about death. Like, the concept of Bond dying was not something that was left out of the novels. He confronts it many times where he's like... There's even one uh, passage, I think, in Moonraker where he's like... I'm 35. I got 15 more years left in the service. I go on three missions a year. I'm probably not going to live to see 50. So I'm just going to drink and smoke like a chimney. Damn, constantly. really? Yeah, yeah. There's this long passage. It's pretty grim where he's just like, yeah, I'm probably going to die doing this because it's extremely dangerous. Um, so yeah, he confronts his death constantly in the, in the, in the books. The end of From Russia With Love, uh, the book, ends with him supposedly dying. Fleming was going to kill him off. It ends with him getting stabbed by the poison shoe from Rosa Klebb and then just going black and that's the okay. end of the book. So, you know, we're going to talk about the end more, but there's a lot of people saying that, like, killing Bond is sacrilege, but it's kind of straight out of the books. Like, Fleming intended to kill him off many times. So, anyway, that's my thoughts on that. But, uh, uh, but yeah, the, the grave scene just reminded me it was a very Fleming thing to do. You Only Live Twice ends ambiguously, right? You Only Live Twice ends... Okay, so I'm currently reading You Only Live Twice, and I've been super busy, so I haven't gotten to finish it yet. Yeah. But from my understanding is it ends with him getting, like, amnesia, and they presume that he's dead. Okay. The the uh, quote at the end of this movie, the Jack London quote that uh, M reads, is actually in "You Only Live Twice" the book. And he has a kid in that too, right? And he has a kid in that too. Wait, yeah. But it's like Kissy. He has a kid with he like loses. His, I think he loses his memory and then starts a family, not knowing who he is. But he does have a kid, and it's uh, Kissy Suzuki, right? It's, the, the, it's Kissy, I believe. Is yeah, the, is the girl in that? Yeah. So what a name, Kissy Suzuki. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Um, I actually saw somebody. Bond has a daughter in this. I actually saw somebody complaining online that it was woke that they gave him a daughter and not a son, and I was just like, what the fuck? That's too much. What dude. is wrong with us? Come like, on. Come on. Get fucking out of here. Fellas, is it gay to have a daughter? <laughs> Come on. This is James Bond, damn it. Yeah, this is James Bond. He only produces male should be a heirs. man with this fucking cigarette when he's born. <laughs> yes, he can only conceive children when there's rape involved, and they should yeah. all be boys. Shit. Come I Come on. We've got... Anyway. Yeah. This movie did, like, there was, going into this, there was so much talk, mostly in the film press, which is terrible, uh, about how this was going to be woke James Bond or whatever. Because and the I 007 thing. Yeah, and I didn't really get that feeling no. at all. I thought they played it pretty well. We'll talk about Nomi. I thought Nomi was... Let's do it right now. Okay, let's talk about Nomi. So, we, we uh, to, to get to the pre titles, Bond, uh, 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 big explosion at the grave. It was kind of kind of cool, actually. He picks up, like, a Spectre card, and then it blows up. Uh, big chase, great, actually, some pretty good action scenes here. Again, some like brutal, some brutal action. Um, great car chase. Well, let's go to that first. Yeah, because yeah. we'll, we'll, we have to talk about that. We're fucking twenty minutes into this, and we haven't even talked about the the God, credit scene. This here. is gonna be but the length so, of the movie. It's so awesome. It's so it awesome. Yeah, there's so much going on. Um, the escape, uh, the fight with the dude with the the cyborg guy. Who's, yeah. he's up there too with one of the best henchmen. I liked him a lot. Yeah, he was cool because he like. He's one of those henchmen that has a real presence throughout the movie. Um, like, you just, you just, he's constantly there. He's constantly around. He looks weird. He's got a bionic eye, which comes into play later. Um, 
But yeah, basically during this scene, Bond becomes convinced that uh, Madeline betrayed him. And, right. Because they kind of play it up where they're like, oh, you know, she's a daughter of Spectre, remember? And they sort of make it seem like she led Spectre there to kill him. But uh, they eventually end up in the... D uh, he and Madeline end up in the DB5, which has been like totally kitted out. It's got... Jeez, it's got bombs that come out of it, smoke, it's got machine guns, it's got well, very thick windows. I made this point last night when I was rudely interrupted several times. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Farva. Well, that's his code name. Officer Farva. Farva. Officer Farva. Go to Meet Up Barbecue. Yeah, not really what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, anyhow, um, Inspector, they tease the gadgets. Like, he yeah. does use some of them, but, like, a lot of it's jamming, and some of it's not working in this car. It's a tease. Here, he uses oh. all of them. All of the gadgets. <laughs> Every fucking gadget. And I have to say, I think this might be my favorite DB5 scene in any of the movies. Oh, yeah. This is a badass chase. He has tons of gadgets. Um, he's got these little, like, they look like they're spikes that fall out of the bottom, but they're actually bombs. Yeah. It's super well-directed, too. Like, again, Kerry Fukunaga, I think they're like, killer job um it's 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 absolutely fantastic they end up in they end up getting trapped in like a square and he's they, grabbed madeline at this point he's, he's got madeline. madeline's betrayed him like you said yeah and the look i mean he you can tell he's he he looks like i've been betrayed again by another woman that i thought i loved holy shit i have terrible i clearly have terrible i wanted character. to expand on this because last night farva mm -hmm. was like oh he fucking just sat there like a dumbass well here's the thing if you've been betrayed by the woman that you love twice, right? You've left the double O program, which you've given your life to, right? You're all about queen and country, right? Yep. And, and on England and all this shit. You've given that all up now for this woman and you find out that she's Spectre. Yep. So I think as they're shooting the car, he's contemplating like, fuck it. Yeah. Just I, kill me. That's exactly how I took it too. There's no point in this anymore. Right. The look on his face was like, all right, whatever. Yeah, because like you said, he's given everything up. He's he's out of the service. He's uh, he's older, uh, and the woman that he thought he loved, he just got betrayed again by another woman who he, who he saw a future with. And so in that moment, I don't think that's him being you know like just sitting there or whatever, or just relying on his very thick car windows. Uh, I think it's literally him being like, I give up. We can be digging like way too far into the intent here, but I'm gonna go for it anyway. Sure. So he's thinking this right. And then he's seeing how terrified Madeline is, and she's begging him, right? And she gives him this look like, please help me. And Bond being, no matter what you say about the character overall, he's a good dude. Yeah, he is. He's he wants guy. to do the right thing. And he sees her terrified and no way out of the situation. And he kind of cracks his voice a little bit. And he's just like, all right, mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to fucking get you out of this. And that moment when the machine guns come out, I talked about this before in several other movies. But I got this feeling, like you get this like lump in your throat, yeah. and these goosebumps, and this the grin on your face is like the Grinch. Oh, you yeah. cannot get the smile off your face. I have one right now. <laughs> when that scene happened, I think we were in the theater, and I was I just said, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> he the machine guns come out, they start spinning, and you see the bad guy just go, "Oh shit!" And he just starts turning the car and. <laughs> Fucking mowing everybody down in the circle. It's a badass scene. It's one of the greatest scenes yeah. in the entire franchise, dude. It's it's great. It's fucking awesome. It's I had the exact same like I, the first time I saw it. I had like, every time I've seen it, 
I've had those goosebumps. And they too. showed like, in the trailer, but the, yeah. the build-up to it doesn't do it justice. I think that's right. The trailers were pretty good. Like you, you do see this in the trailer, but yeah, there is a, a more of a build-up to it. Yeah, and, and, and it is emotional because he thinks he's been betrayed again. We don't get that in the trailers. So we don't know exactly. So yeah, the build-up is great. Another thing I want to want to point out here again: the, the score in this scene is great. Zimmer. Um, oh, the chase too, up to that. It was super good. That's where you first see that it's working, dude. Oh yeah. Um, Zimmer works in the Bond theme quite a lot in this movie, including a later scene that we'll get to, I think is the first time in any of the Craig movies we get the full Bond theme played straight through. And I was like, thank God, because it's not been around enough in these last few films. See, our boy Calvin didn't like this score. I completely disagree with that. I think Zimmer killed it. And you were even, like, worried because you're not the biggest Hans Zimmer fan. I'm not. I find a lot of his stuff to be, like, Zimmery. Right. I mean, we've all made fun of the like dun 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 yeah. dun dun thing, yeah. and there was a couple of there was a little bit of that in here. None of the bombs. I don't think we've got any bombs. But if we they were, they were very subtle. Very subtle. But um, the guy he, I think I mentioned this, that the guy he co-did the score with is like a big Bond guy. It's one of the guys his collaborators, yeah. and so I think he, that guy was probably you know taking picking up some of the slack too. And um, I saw Zimmer interviewed on the uh, on the red carpet, and he 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 looked like a giddy schoolboy. He was like, I'm so. I'm so honored to be doing this. We all love the Bond films and that sort of thing. And like, awesome. and he was like, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of John Barry and I'm friends with David Arnold and I really wanted to uh, like honor them because they're so good at what yeah. they did. So you could tell he really took it seriously. And I thought it was fantastic. I think it's a great score. Now, you, you're a Christopher Nolan fan? You like yeah. the Nolan Bat films? I love the Nolan Bat films. Okay, yeah. did you like the scores in those or no? Uh, yeah, I did actually. Okay. I think they worked. They were, right. uh, like a lot of Zimmer stuff I find to be very... Um, like serviceable because no one uses Hans Zimmer and like it, it's like Tim Burton and Danny Elfman right it's yeah. like no one uses uh, Hans Zimmer for like fucking everything he does you know no. and uh, uh, yeah totally and I I, I like the bad films I rewatched The Dark Knight last weekend mm-hmm. um, I think the score is good there's only a couple of moments I can really remember from it that to me is a sign of a really good score sure. when, it, when it's like something stuck in your head and I gotta say there were multiple music cues from this movie that were stuck in my head. For well, days. there's there's beautiful pieces in here too. Oh, it's not yeah. just ba 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 ba. No, there's even some gorgeous pieces. Those action accompanying pieces are are solid and they are very um, complementary to the scenes. But the more um, toned down scenes, the more emotionally impactful scenes. I think the score is also very. Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, accompanying yeah, it's, to it's, those scenes. It's very complimentary to the scene. Complimentary. That's, that's, there you that's, go. That's happening. Like, yeah. I listened to the score straight through yesterday, and uh, it was and it's, it's synergetic for every scene. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because as I heard the score, I could like place the scenes in my head. Like I was getting visions in my head. Absolutely. I'll take a little top off. I'll get you right now. Um, like, oh, geez. When final? I mean, we'll we'll so get talk to about it, the but... talk about the train scene. Yeah, so Bond... Oh, who Farva said we're fucking dumb because we didn't see this the first time. <laughs> oh, the, the, the hand, yeah. So the uh, Bond escapes because he's Bond. And uh, I think at this point, he doesn't know what to believe. Like, I don't think he necessarily believes Madeline Inspector, but he also knows he can't trust himself. And so he'd rather just, like, not put himself in a sort of a vulnerable, vulnerable position again. So um, the end of the pre-credits is he, he puts Madeline on a train and very coldly... She says, you know, how will I know you're okay? And he says, you won't. You're never going to see me again. Um, and then she very quickly clutches her belly, uh, foreshadowing for later on in the movie. She, she says, too, in the, uh, 
she says too in the car, like when they're when they're first driving away, that she has something to tell him, and he's like, "I bet you do." But we find out later that it's she's pregnant. We all have our secrets. We all have our we secrets. We just haven't gotten to yours. Yeah, <laughs> he's pretty gruff in this movie. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, and I mean to be honest, he's like you say, he's like, "God damn it!" Yeah, totally. He's like, "What the fuck? I we're doing this again?" Yeah. Uh, and that's the that's the pre titles. It fades into a very Doctor No themed title sequence. Straight from Doctor No. Straight from Doctor No. Uh, and the Billie Eilish song. So I'm not a huge fan of the Billie Eilish song. I think it's okay, uh, but I will say this: it does fit the tone of the movie. Like, so we get this Billie Eilish song, and you know it's middling. It's fine. Yeah, it does work for the for the um, for the tone of this movie, for the tone of the pre-titles. I think it works because you can't have Bond just have this horrifying thing happen to him. He puts this woman on the train. Who he, I mean, I can't even imagine. Like five minutes before, he thought he was going to spend the rest of his life with her. Not the rest of her life, because again, she's half his age, so she has a lot more life in her than he does. No doubt. But, uh, and he drinks like a fish. Um, but he just put this woman that he thought he was going to spend the rest of his life with on the train. So you can't cut to a rock song. You can't cut to something super upbeat. Um, you can't cut to like, ba-da, 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 ba-da. That wouldn't work. So the Billie Eilish song, it does work in this context. It's not something I'm going to listen to. It's not on my playlist, but it's... It's good. It's fine. It's not going to cut to an upbeat Living Daylights no. or... You can't cut to Duran Duran. Yeah. <laughs> Duran Duran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense. Um, so, uh, I mean, I do I do miss those songs. I, I really hope in the next Bond film we get something a little more lively, a little more upbeat, because I am getting sick of these sleepy crooner songs. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's fine. The titles are good. I like the titles. Like, the title sequence, I think, is, Absolutely is great. inventive. Yeah. I like this Billie Eilish song the second time I saw this versus the first time. Okay. It kind of grew on me, but I think you're right. Because if you listen to the lyrics, it makes sense. It's They're perfect, yeah. yeah. It, it really does fit. I mean, she did a good job. I would I would rank this as my... Uh, I don't know if we're ranking things today, but I'll we'll start, get there I'll start ranking yeah. things. Yeah. We're going to have a whole lot of on things to rank. Yeah, we do. As <laughs> the show goes on. Okay. But um, including re-ranking... The top movies now, because yeah, where does this yeah. fit? Which, oh, it's you know? so hard. I, I kind of started to do this the other day. I tentatively can say where it ranks for me with the Craigs, but overall, it's pretty pretty tough. Like, I don't know. It's also just such a different film. Like this this movie really feels different. The the whole thing. It's not a traditional Bond film. I would have to rewatch all the Craigs, dude, to, to determine that. But I would say, just offhand. Man, it's, it, you know, it's top two or three. I'd say for me, this is right now my second favorite after Casino. The Casino is still just like an untouchable masterpiece for me. I don't know what's going to top that. I hope in my lifetime we get a Bond film that tops Casino because that means we got a hell of a Bond movie. But uh, at first I would say like this and Skyfall were kind of fighting it out for my number two. But I, I like this movie a lot. I can see myself rewatching this movie often. Well, that's the thing too, like... You know, we re- we should revisit this like maybe the middle of next year. Yeah, because after it, the new car smells off, for sure it needs some time to sit. Like I've seen this four times in theaters. I'm probably not going to see it again. I think I'm I think I'm good. It's coming out on Blu-ray in two months, like late December. I think they said right in time for Christmas. Well, then you'll definitely give it a watch. Oh, then I'm definitely going to give it a watch. But I think <laughs> letting it sit for a couple months, not revisiting it, and then coming back to it, yeah, is going to be a, that makes sense. Going to be a good thing. Yeah, but uh, it's it's you know hey, we got a good one. This 100. percent This is the best last film. A Bond actor has done by far. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, 
He has a license to kill? Well, here, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's hard to compare that because Timmy only had two movies. That's the thing. He only did two. License to Kill, though, is so fucking awesome, man. It is. And I think the more you see that online, if you listen to, like, recent um, rhetoric, yeah, a lot of people like that movie a ton more than they did back in the days. It's, it's having its moment. Yeah. I mean, deservedly, because it's a really good movie. But Timothy Dalton's portrayal of 007 is very akin to Craig's in many ways because... Very similar. These are kind of the two most serious bonds we've ever gotten. Oh, for sure. This Timothy Dalton and Daniel Craig are cut from the same cloth in terms of how they portray Bond. The only difference is Daniel Craig's Bond is a much more lovesick puppy than, sure. than Timothy Dalton. Timothy's Timothy, more of a killer. Timothy's a killer. He's just a straight assassin. Yeah. License to Kill is great, but it's almost an accidental last film because really he was just getting started. He was That's supposed true. to do more. And then it just didn't happen, and then there was a bunch of stuff. So. What's the one title they haven't done yet? That was going to be his next film, right? Um, I don't of remember. The books. Of the books, there's only a few they haven't done some yet. Some of the Great Wall of China or some shit. They were going to have him in, the third Timothy Dalton film was going to be... Um, I can't remember the name of the book. It was going to be like, it was going to be him in Is Beijing. it a lady? Property Something? of a lady? Property of a lady. Yeah. That was going to be the next one. That was like half used in uh, Octopussy. That was in, but, but yeah, I think that, I think you're right. Yeah, that was gonna be the yeah. the, the, the third Timmy. Yeah, and then the Honestly, whole legal battle became up, right? There was a legal, there was legal issues at MGM, I think. Um, I know License to Kill didn't do great, but that's no. not what killed it. It was it was the legal battle. No, it wasn't the uh, the box office. Actually, so actually, you know, License to Kill and No Time to Die are kind of similar in terms of trajectory, in that License to Kill performed poorly in the states, mm-hmm. not poorly, but it didn't perform as well in the states as other Bond films did. But it performed very well internationally, and kind of the same thing's happening right now with No Time to Die. It's the second highest grossing movie of the year, and it opens today in China, so it's going to get a it's going to get a big bump in terms of numbers because it's going to be in China now. Um, and it's also opened in Australia or New Zealand, um, but uh, it's doing you know it's killing it internationally, so it's still doing well. But yeah, I would still I would still say this is the best like last film. So we got five years later now. Yeah. Um, Spectre is breaking into this place where they're working on bioweapons. And one of these professors gets a call from Safin. This professor is straight Borat. 100%. This guy is just Borat. Yeah. I kind of like it. It's funny. It feels like an old school Bond thing. He's a little hammy and over the top. Yeah. But he's he's literally like, oh, Mr. Safin, how are you? I got the weapon. Don't worry. Or whatever. And Spectre just feels more of like the classic, like, evil organization in yes. this. I like they, Spectre in this. This they, is good. They break in. Safin tells them, let them k- take you. They need you. This is all go- cor- going according to plan. So they steal Hercules. Am I saying that right? Heracles. Heracles. Yeah. Heracles. Which is a bioweapon. And then, we talked about this last night. The magnet scene I thought was really cool. How it. they throw all the magnets down. Yeah. You had one gripe with it. Uh, yeah, my one gripe with it is that they felt the need to explain it. Yeah. Um, because I don't think... It, it was obvious. It was very Mission Impossible, which I, I, I like. I like Mission Impossible films. Um, they, uh, they escape through an elevator by throwing down this bomb that shoots out magnets. And then all the people jump down the elevator. And the magnets sort of hold them up as they fall. It's, it's cool. Like, it's CGI, obviously. But it's, it's a neat little thing. Um, but then you have Dr. Borat. When he gets to the bottom, he's like, Oh, those magnets! He's doing like... <laughs> He's doing that voice the whole the, the thing the whole time where he's doing like oh what are you you're putting the vest on me why are you putting a vest on me I'm going to fall I don't know what is going on here and then he yeah. gets down there he's like oh magnus like yeah no we got it 
If Jim Carrey didn't already nail the role, this oh, dude have been God. Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic movie. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Goddamn, right? <laughs> uh, no, he was. Yeah, so that's my only. That's my only annoyance. Like, no, I get. Like, okay, we're not totally stupid. We don't need everything explained to us. We get its magnets. It's a neat. It was a neat little thing, kind of ruined by this annoying Borat doctor who felt the need to explain everything to us. But yeah. other than that, it's a pretty cool scene. Um, again, they straight up murder a bunch of people in this in this a bunch of scientists. Yes. Like the body count in this movie is high. Yeah. So we're cutting out of Bond, who is in Jamaica. Again, it's five years later. Just explain this house. God, Bond just killing it in this house. I mean, Matt, if you ever get time, Emma and I watch a show called um, "World's Most Extraordinary Homes." Okay. It's fucking fantastic. It's on Netflix. Okay. This should be on that show. It's an amazing house. My my theory that Bond kept the hundred and forty million dollars he won in Casino Royale ah, is it pans out. I think it pans out because Bond is living in a. To be fair, it's a, Jamaica, so he probably didn't need quite that much. True, he's he's on a secluded little island in Jamaica. Um, he has a gorgeous villa. Is the only way to describe it. It's like there's a main house, and then you walk across a path to his you know sex dungeon, which is great. Sex dungeon. Um, only his James Bond. <laughs> sex dungeon. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's amazing. It looks like a place that Ian Fleming would would live in. Like for the place for Bond to retire, this is perfect. They absolutely nailed it. I did have one little one little weird thing is they say later in the movie, not too much later, but when they finally find Bond again, he's talking to M, and M says, "You went so far off the grid, we thought you were dead." And I was like, "He went to Jamaica." Jamaica is the place Bond always goes to. Like, they didn't think to look there first. Yeah. It, it'd be like if I disappeared and I was in Vegas and everyone was like, we couldn't find you. And I was like, oh, you didn't check Vegas? Like, All they had to do was Google best bachelor pads <laughs> right, in Jamaica. Exactly. And there it is. You know what I mean? Hottest bachelor pad. Yeah. 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 Like, where, where this is, is a fuck castle right here. Dude. Exactly. Like, where, has no there been, where in Jamaica has there been increased rates of chlamydia? Oh, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the... We found him. <laughs> Right? Yeah, but it's the it's the coolest pad. He's got a he's got a dope sailboat. Yeah, he's got it all. I, I mean, come, I wouldn't leave. <laughs> no shit. He's brushing his teeth in that fucking awesome shower, dude. I, I, again, we get a we get a um, we get a another very shirtless uh, picture of Daniel Craig because the dude is in incredible shape. If I was gay, I would be rubbing one out as oh. soon as I got home from the theaters because that man is a fucking Greek. That guy. man is amazing. Right? I'm not gay, but if Daniel Craig asked politely. Than me. I, and he would not ask me politely. What's that? Why don't you come sit over here? Sit over here. Yeah. Come here. If, he said if we were gay. If. If. No homo. Yeah, no homo, but <laughs> guy's really good looking. Uh, we, all, we get a shot too that reminded me of like. Listen, it, as long as you say good game, it's not gay. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Hey, nice one, man. Killed it. Yeah. Hey, look, football players slap each other on the butt, all right? That's yeah, good. there you go, dude. Shit. So what if I want to lick fucking Bollinger off of Daniel Craig's abs? What's that's, wrong with that's that? That's totally understandable. That I, think, not gay, I don't right? think that's gay. I think that's completely understandable. It's ripped. Uh, there is the, the camera pans in this shower scene. The camera pans so far down. I was like, wow, we're gonna have oh, our first. Oh, you got the dick root. Full... Yeah, the dick root was there, the dude. Dick root. 100%. I was like, we're gonna get our first full frontal blonde scene. Oh, right? That would have been fucking magical. <laughs> then this movie would have went way out of my book. <laughs> It reminded me of the of the shot in uh, Diamonds Are Forever where they do the same thing with Connery except Connery has like a gut. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like it's the complete opposite because Daniel's so ripped. Now in that's movie. a different effect because that's when we can picture ourselves now in that scenario. Oh, for sure. Of the gut. I'm like, oh, I look like that. 
If it's Daniel Craig, you're like, there's you're no like, way. I, I could like never that. pull that nope. off. I'm never going to look like that in my whole entire... I'm going to go to the grave having never looked like that. Yeah. Um, Shit. And, but yeah, with, 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 with Sean, you're like, oh yeah, gray. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, chest yeah. Graying. He's got like graying. He's got a paunch. Get a yeah. toupee, a nice yeah. little toupee. Yeah, he popped a Viagra, which was really weird, but it's fine. Um, you know, he was an older man at that point. Jeez, funny. Sean in Diamonds, Diamonds Are Forever was like 10 years younger than Daniel Craig in No Time to Die. And Daniel Craig looks like a stud in this movie. It no is shit. insane. Anyway, we're so off. We're so off the rails. Um, no, no, no. So anyway. So not like last night. No, not, no, no, no. Nothing's like, no. Nothing's like last night. Uh, so, all right. So we, uh, we, uh, Bond, Bond walks back into his house and he finds a, uh, he finds a cigar ash. And he finds a cigar. And, uh, I didn't pick up on this at all, by the way. So I loved this. This is a reference to Die Another Day, a movie that I thought the Bond franchise would never ever reference again. It is a maybe that's why I didn't pick up. On maybe that's why it's <laughs> a it is a delectado cigar, which I'm a cigar smoker. That is not a real cigar. Um, or I think it is now. I think somebody makes it, but that was a cigar invented for a scene in Die Another Day where Bond goes to Cuba and he meets with a sleeper agent, and the delectado is like the code word. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, again, that's a little that's a little thing for the super geeks to be like, oh, hey. I would have to look back on our rankings, but I'm pretty sure this is at least top bottom three. Die another day for both of us. I put my I put it last for me. I think I was right. I think close. you put it second. I think you maybe put second to last. Yeah. Last. And I will say I did my re-ranking the other day, and Moonraker is currently my last, and Die Another Day actually moved up a little bit because yeah. it is a funny movie. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So we get a little Die Another Day reference. Uh, Bond puts on a super cool outfit and uh, drives into town. I'm on the hunt for this shirt, by the way. It is a Tommy Bahama Catalina shirt. It's very hard to find, and I'm absolutely going to get one eventually. But, Tommy uh, Bahama what? Tommy Bahama Catalina shirt is what it's called. That button down that he has, that sort of like long sleeve button. We're down. going to Catalina next month. Oh, sick. Give me your size. Yeah, if yeah, I see yeah, it, I'll yeah, fucking yeah. get it. Cool. Are you uh, on Catalina? Uh, maybe, I don't know. Does it say Catalina on it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is it called a Catalina? Oh. I don't know. Maybe. I'll give you my sizing. Anyway, so Bond goes into town and uh, quickly f- uh, figures out that Felix Leiter is tailing him and does a cool little little move and sort of pulls him off to the side of the road. And uh, he's with uh, Logan Ash, who's a State Department appointee. We've said this before on this podcast, but just to reiterate, this is the best Felix Leiter in any of the Bonds. I think so. I think 100%. Jeffrey Wright is so he's good. He's so good. My only, I, I wish he was in this movie more. I get why he's not. Um, they're trying to so they're, the, the long and the short of it is they go into a bar we get a great scene with them they're playing like a game I had to look this game up but apparently this is a game that like Navy people would play I don't know what it is but they they have like coins in their hand or something like that and it's some type of drinking game but it is real and I guess this is something that two you know spies would play you know Jeff, Jeffrey Wright um, typically like with comic lore because I'm such a like comic nerd back in the days I like to keep things like true to the form right sure and yeah, he's an African American gentleman, but he's so fucking good. He's and great. just seeing a little bit of a glimpse of how he was as Commissioner Gordon, yeah, it was like this works. This a hundred percent works. I'm excited. I mean, I love him in everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah. So I'm excited for him as Commissioner Gordon because yeah. I'm excited for the Batman movie. I'll be honest. I, I I like Batman. I'm a little questionable about Pattinson, but it looks pretty good. I'm excited to see the Riddler. I don't know. Weren't you the one that texts us saying, am I the only one that thinks this Batman movie looks meh? <laughs> yes, I was. And then I hyped myself up for it. Okay. I, watched, I watched The Dark Knight. I rewatched the trailers. And I was like, I was like so oh, I'll, give you, right. I'll give you a little spoiler alert. In, in December slash January, somewhere there, I want to get me, Matt, Lewis, and Robert together. 
and we kind of have a top 10 list show of the movies of 2022. Oh, sure. So I'd like to see that because, especially with you, because I don't know what kind of spy movies are coming out. Very few. 2022. There's, there's actually a few movies out right now. This is so, so off topic. There's a few movies coming out right now that I would like to see that are kind of up my alley. Like the, uh, the Last Night in Soho, the Edgar Wright one. That looks kind of good to me. A little time travel horror thing. Okay, so um, if I want to see an artsy fartsy movie, I know you're the guy to contact. I'm the guy. Yeah. Okay. So like, I want to. See, I'm a. I'm a. Um, a. Uh, God, I almost said Night Shine one. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, the French Dispatch, done by uh, what's his name, Paul Thomas Anderson. Wes Anderson. For fuck's sakes. Yeah, that's the stuff I like. Okay, well this is this is opening a whole new dialogue yeah. here. So so uh, outside of Bond, I like weird arty movies, which okay. is so strange. But uh, yeah, like that kind of stuff, I love. Like, I like those too, but yeah. like it, it just depends, you know. Sure. Well, it's got to be a good one because if it's bad, you're gonna want to slit your wrists. Yeah, like um, that Nicolas Cage movie I watched. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. see that. That's you, you, you killed my enthusiasm. I know. Nothing. We're off topic, but we're anyhow, so off topic. Sorry, we're getting back on it. So anyhow, he's trying to recruit Bond to do a mission for the CIA because Bond is no longer a double O. Right, and uh, he says something like, "Our governments aren't working well together." We want to recruit, recruit you. It, it took me until the second viewing to figure out why, but then I realized, oh, Americans aren't supposed to be in Cuba. So um, the CIA going into Cuba would be like an international incident if they got caught, so they want to recruit Same somebody. Same the Brits? Um, well, the Brits don't have the embargo in Cuba. Okay. Like, ultimately, anytime you go into another country and steal a person, it's going to be a problem. But if the American CIA did it, given their history, I guess that would probably be a bigger problem. So, Who the fuck's going to know that, though? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, me. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's the only one. As I whip out my history book in the middle of the theater. There you go. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, they, they want to recruit Bond, and, and uh, he, you know, he says no, leaves the bar, and that's where we meet Nomi, who is the new 007, which we find out in a few minutes. She but takes him home because she's disabled his vehicle. She's, she's broken his vehicle. She, she does... takes her wig off, and yeah. Bond gets this great line. He goes... Well, that's not the first thing I thought I'd see you take off. <laughs> <laughs> it's great, and that's when she immediately she was doing like a like a Jamaican accent, and then she immediately switches into a, a British accent and says, "You know, let's let's cut to it." And uh, he figures out who she is, and he says, "Oh, are you a you a double O?" And she's, they have a great little they have a good little back and forth. I I'm okay with Nomi. I think her character is fine. She's there for a reason. But well, this, we, is a, this is a nice scene. We discussed this though when we left the theater. Yeah, she's. Pretty unlikable. Yeah. And I think it's more, it, it more lends to the way she was written. I think it was the writing, not the actress. Yeah. Lashana Lynch is not unlikable. She's said some things about Bond that made me unlike her a little bit. What'd she say? Um, she was just on the red carpet doing the whole, I mean, I get it because every Bond girl does this the now. The woke bullshit? Yeah, it was kind of the like, the like, oh, this is the, like, the first time a, I think she actually said this is, this is the first time a, an African-American woman is, is going to be a Bond girl or something like that. And I'm like, well, no, we had Gloria Hendry in 1973, Halle Berry in 2002. Like, you're not the first. She said something like that. And I was just like, oh, come on. Like, do your research. Well, here's the thing. Like, I think if, if any franchise where you, you try to bring in those kinds of things to a certain respect, especially, like, when it comes to masculinity, yeah. this is the wrong place to be. It really is. Because this is James Bond. Yeah. This isn't like Marvel. You can integrate this more um, organically, sure. right? There's a lot of uh, female characters. There's things you can do with this. This is James fucking Bond. It's a movie about a about a womanizing uh, British yeah, spy. Yeah, it is what it is. It's a. I mean, talk, it's toxic, toxic masculinity in one character. I mean, it just is what it is. It's a. They have morphed this though to to make this fit into today. Yeah, but. Because this is not Sean Connery. No, and and in reality, they've been distancing themselves from 
you know, the Goldfinger rape scene for a long time now. Like, they've been trying to move away from that But stuff. you talk to somebody like, like an Emma, and I keep bringing Emma into this, but she's pretty liberal, right? All about, you know, all those things. And she said the, one of the most entertaining bonds of all of these is fucking Connery. Of course. He's great. But is that, is that, be, is, is that because of all the, like, bullshit that everybody picks apart? Or is it just because he's a great actor and he's charismatic and he's magnetic? Yeah, it's the latter. I mean, he's just, right. he's so good at being himself. I think when you watch those older films, like, you can make note of the things that are uncomfortable. Sure. Like the Goldfinger rape scene. Yeah, the literal scene. rape scene. Whimsical rape, as we call it. Fancy, you know, fancy rape. Because they're, they're playing this, like, do-do-do-do-do, and they're doing, like, the fucking whistle sound effects and all right. that. You can call that out, absolutely. Sure. Right? Yeah. But for the most part, the, the overall movie is very good. Mm-hmm. It's very well put together. Well, Sean Connery's so good at being He steals involved. every scene, you yeah. know what I mean? So I think... This is just not... Like you said, this is just not the place for it. No. Like, even my little sister... My little sister Kate is 21, and she's, like, very much feminist lady. Sure. And even she came up to me the other day, and she was like, so is this movie... Is, is No Time Did I Super Feminist? And I was like, no, not really. And she's like, good. I'm sick of these bitches making it all about themselves in James Bond <laughs> So, like, even somebody from that it's because it's Bond. Exactly. It's like, you know what you're... You know what you want going into it. There are places for this. There yeah. are places for, for things sure. to evolve... But for, for James Bond, to a certain um, respect, it has to be kept on Bond, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the movie, like, and, and to the other point, people that were so pissed off that this woman became 007, this movie is about James Bond. It, she's barely in it. It's not about the title of 007. No, he even says it in this scene. I will, I will say the line that she has in this, in this scene, like, I don't like after they have their little scene, she walks out the door and she turns around and she's just like, by the way, I'm not any double. It was forced. I'm 007. Yeah. It was forced. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh. She should have added yeah. the snap. <laughs> walks out the door. And, but then Bond says, it's just a number. Which right. it is. It's just a number. She's not James Bond. Right. James Bond is the character. People lose focus of that though. They, they do. On, on the, um, shall we say... MAGA side of things. <laughs> they get so pissed off that this woman, this African American woman, is 007. But it's like the story is about James Bond, who's still in this film. Yeah. And he has now left MI6. So of course they're gonna fill that spot. And if it happens to be this woman, who gives a fuck? They also make a point of showing like to the people who thought, oh, Bond was gonna be emasculated in this or whatever, they make a point later on of showing that Bond is a much better agent than she is still. Like, he's so good at his job. He's constantly one-upping her, well, giving, her giving her tips. So, so Farva was, was complaining that this woman is by the book. Yeah. She's not Bond. But I think what they do in this is they have her learn lessons from James. Mm-hmm. Because he's a veteran. And she's kind of new to this game, right? Yeah, she, he knows what he's doing and she's so, still learning. She's learning, like, okay, it's time to go outside the box mm-hmm. with with the... With, uh, thinking with approaching missions things like that so she's learning for, kind of from what what starts out as rivals is it ultimately becomes a mentor because she yeah. even says at the end you know i would like him to get his 007 status back right yeah kind of a cop out eh, like it's fine it's the old marvel comics thing where like they do a gender bend on a character yeah 
or whatever the fuck, and then like six months later, that character comes back and takes the role. It's that half step. It happens every time. I I, see, and I like the fact that she was a like by the book agent because if she was another hot shot, does her own thing, goes rogue, Bond type agent, then we'd all be like, oh, you're trying to do a Lady James Bond. Yeah, doesn't work. But instead, she's just the I'm just doing my job. This is what I do. Follow the rules. Buy the book. I'm completely different than him. And also, again, she's barely in the movie. She's like, until the end, she's not around all that much. They have this little scene in Jamaica. They have a little bit of time together in Cuba. Not much. Um, and then we don't see her again until uh, London. Well, I think the way she was written, you know, um, the writers, I don't know if they overlooked this or if this is by design, but um, is that the fucking GoldenEye watch? Yeah. You son of a bitch. I know. See? <laughs> um, see how far into this, this I is, am? This is technically the uh, 40th anniversary. Emma, buy that watch for me. It's only like $20,000. <laughs> this is technically the 40th anniversary uh, Die Another Day watch. But yeah, it's the gold, it's the gold my watch. You motherfucker. I know. My buddy I'm just, so jealous. My dude. buddy just got, the guy who got married, he just bought himself a... Uh, Every date we went on, Emma, I would watch, I would wear that watch. Yeah? If I would have that watch. That's for sure a couple grand. No doubt. Yeah, they're pretty expensive. That's it's at least three grand, right? Uh, these now are probably to get one of these in good shape would be probably ten. Well, okay, so Omega's have really luxury watches. Twenty thousand wasn't far off. Luxury watches have gotten really expensive. Ten grand for that watch. That's about right for a fancy watch. Yeah. That's that's a golden eye watch, right? Yeah. That's my favorite watch, probably in all the fucking. It's my all-time favorite watch. Yeah, right? it's the best. The new one, it's, it's okay. It's a little. Um, I don't know, there's like a class, it's, it's classy. Like, you can wear this with anything. I, I wear this in this, I wear this in suits. Like, it always looks great. So, sorry. You have to have a fancy watch. He brings that over here just to taunt me every time. <laughs> I never take it off. I haven't taken it off in 20 years. No, I'm fucking with you. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with I it. am jealous, but I'm, I'm it's fucking great. <laughs> in 20 Thank you. years, make your whole life. <laughs> yeah, I got it in 2002. So, I got it. There you go. Crazy. I got it Christmas 2002, and I've really never taken it off. So That's fucking awesome. It's, it's beat to shit, but it's like, like uh, uh, my buddy, my buddy Jacob's a big watch guy, and he loves it because he's like, you can't get that patina. It's so worn down, but in yeah. a good way. He's like, you can't get that on modern watches. Well, so a watch like don't, that's don't touch it. Passed down to like your grandkids. Oh fuck them! I'm getting buried in this thing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Like this is gonna get passed down 100. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a collector's item. Um. Okay, so Bond goes to Cuba. In the best scene of the movie. This scene is so good. You think so? I like the... Uh, it's the best scene of the movie. I don't know. But the Cuba scene is really, really good. Um, so Bond agrees to take the mission. He talks to M. M is very um, haughty in this film, by the way. M is, M is a bit of a bastard. There's um, a long time you wonder if he's a fucking villain. You do, because we find out that he developed the bioweapon. There's a huge element of whodunit in this. Uh, very much so, yeah. Nobody knows who to trust because everybody's like, oh, you might have been responsible. You don't know if Madeline's a Spectre agent at this point. You don't know. You don't don't know. know. M is Spectre. (coughs) Like, you know, Spectre probably has something to do with it, right? For sure. And and if nothing else, even if M's not, like, a villain, he made this colossal mistake. And Bond calls him on it. He even calls him Mallory. Like, Bond, Bond, I, I really like Daniel Craig's portrayal of Bond in this movie because he's a guy who has lost everything at this point. I mean, he's still living in a freaking rad sex palace in the middle of Jamaica, so his life isn't that bad. But um, he acts like he just doesn't care about anything. When he talks to M, he calls him Mallory. He calls him Darling. That's he's great. like, hello, Darling. Like, what have you done, Mallory? And he's just like, the guy just doesn't give a fuck. Well, the scene in the office 
Where he was like, mm. has this desk gotten smaller or is it you? Yeah, has this desk gotten he's bigger? Like, it's gotten definitely smaller. you. It's you. He's a, he's a he tells bastard. him, like, this is your fuck-up. This yeah. is your problem. You well, caused this. It's a different dynamic between Bond and M2 because Bond is, I mean, you know, Daniel Craig, he's sort of showing his age, not in the ab department, but in the face department. Um, and so he's like, they're almost peers at this point, and it and doesn't it, work for him anymore. It really shows how slimy and um, flawed the British government is sure. in this film. Yeah, well, I mean, all, go- all government's the same way. Like, Emma do- just shed an Indian tear hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. But, like, I mean, it's it's how slimy... All governments. All, all our governments yeah, are. Right. Like, our government would do the same thing. They would for sure develop a bioweapon that would... That's why they were trying to get it. Exactly. Yeah, they're trying to get it because they want the scientists. So, um, let's talk about Anna Duramis. Oh, she's amazing. Let's talk about her dress. Okay, she, she, there's no doubt she's smoking hot. Yeah. She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. But... She's a very great, good actress, too. Yeah. And um, I mentioned before Fargo cut me off, uh, Blade Runner 2049, she was in that film, and she was a big part of it, and she was fucking great. She stole every scene she was in. Um, with this, she's kind of like an agent who doesn't have a ton of experience, and she's meeting up with Bond, and they're going to team up uh, to go into the Spectre party, right? Yeah. Speak on it. Okay, so we, we meet... Uh, Anna de Armas' character Paloma in a bar in a stunning dress. I really I like her a lot, and I think everybody likes her a lot because she feels like an old school Bond girl. Yes. Um, they they're not afraid. Like all the Bond girls in the Daniel Craig era have been typically a little bit older, more mature. Right. Like in this one, they're just like she's 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 a Bond girl. She's got a great dress on, and she kicks ass, and she's funny, and it's great. And I think that's why people are like really taking to that character. Thank you. Um, so they meet in a bar. They have a, they have a nice little exchange where she forgets to say the code phrase for them to, to work together, and and they it's sort of set up as if she's a rookie. She only has like a few uh, you know weeks on the job or whatever. Um, and then she takes him downstairs, and he thinks they're gonna he thinks they're gonna do it, but no. She kind of looks at him like, oh, old man, we're not that's not happening. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, Bond is Bond is uh, down to pound a couple of times in this movie, and and sort of. Doesn't get rejected, but it doesn't work out two times, and I think it's appropriate because Madeline is the ultimate Bond girl. But um, it's it's kind of funny, uh, and so they they get uh, fitted in a tuck, or he gets in his tux. She's in a great dress, and they go. She is looking back tux. at him though. She is. She's looking at those abs. She's checking out the dick root, when he, and she's liking all of it. Yeah, when 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 uh, when he goes to put his tux on, he's like, "Oh, do you mind do you mind turning around?" Which doesn't seem like a thing Bond would do. I feel like Bond would just be like. Take Here's it my off. cock. Here yeah. we go. This is what you're missing. Yeah. Um, you're supposed to be on this right yeah. now. I'll be inside you right now. Um, but <laughs> doesn't. He says, "Turn around." Uh, and then they go. Then they infiltrate the. Uh, again, another piece of excellent music. We get the Bond theme. It's a beautiful piece of score. Uh, and then they they don't really infiltrate the Spectre party. They just walk into the Spectre party. I have some questions about Spectre's security, but um, they just they just they just sort of walk in, and it's this like it's this weird like. Bacchanalia event. You have people dressed as animals. It looks like a weird sex party or something. Um, it, but it's Blofeld's birthday, even though yeah. Blofeld is in prison. Right. Uh, we find out that he is watching all of this from the bionic eye. Right. So he's still kind of controlling Spectre, and they're walking. It's a it's a weird scene, but it's very fun. Um, and it it culminates in them spotting Bond. Blofeld knew he was going to be there. 
and releasing the gas. The Hercules. Poison. Yeah, Heracles that was Heracles. stolen. Um, except it was supposed to kill Bond. Heracles is a DNA-targeting weapon, so it only works on people whose DNA have been programmed. Dr. Robotnik, though, has... He has switched it. Yes, Dr. Borat has switched yeah, it. Yeah, Dr. Borat. has switched it to not kill Bond, but to kill all of Spectre. The Spectre agents leaves, because not everyone dies. Like the, like the, Bond the makes it a point die. to be like, every member of Spectre is here. Every single one. Now, every Bond single has, one. Yeah. Perfect attendance. Yeah. Nobody is missing. <laughs> and it's like, all right, we got it. You think, yeah. you think there'd be like a designated survivor thing where like number 16 would stay back or whatever and not go to the party no I'm shit I'm sure that happened but uh well it's fucking Blofeld which we'll get to I guess so yeah so uh so all of Spectre ends up dying which I don't yeah again I don't know I don't love that I don't love that they just took out all of Spectre in one one fail swoop but whatever um so uh then they spot Bond and Paloma spot the doctor that they're trying to get right and uh we get another uh badass action sequence where everybody's shooting crazy guns and Bond's looking cool and Paloma's looking cool. It's hard to describe, but it's great. I love it. It was a great action scene. The score, again, is fantastic. Uh, Zimmer did this thing where he did the Bond theme, but only with what sounds like trumpets and trombones. So it sounds like bum, 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 bum. And he does that a bunch in this movie, and it's really cool. It's really effective, and I think it pops up here. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a fabulous scene. So to, to wrap up the Cuba scene, the new 007 shows up. Yeah. And then um, Anna Durand, Paloma, Paloma, they start and Bond, yeah, uh, get the the professor from her, and they steal her plane, right? which is great. I love that. Yeah. Bond, Bond one ups uh, Novi a lot in this film, which is fine. Yeah. It's a Bond film, so it's kind exactly. of funny. She's very competent. She's a good agent. Yeah, but Bond is still is still better. So she they sort of have this fun little back and forth. The scientist where she gets him, and then he gets him back, and then yeah, the. Uh, they finally leave. Uh, uh, Paloma hands Bond a cigar for Felix and says, "You know, this is for Felix. Take it to him." Bond steals her plane and they and they fly away. It's it's a great scene. It's really fun. Okay. It feels very old school. I mean, this this is this is a James Bond scene. Absolutely. Um, and then we fly to a, a tanker, yeah, or a trawler, I guess it's yeah. technically called, where Felix is 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 on the boat. They um, there's one shot that I love too. It's such a simple thing, but there's a shot where they like. They land the plane, they throw up a grappling hook, and it just like kind of pans over. I don't know, it's simple, but it's a really great shot. Um, and so yeah, then he, he throws the doctor to Felix, and Felix says, Bond, don't make, it, don't make it look so easy. So they get back to the boat, and Ash... This is where we get the expository dialogue of... Um, the guy's name's Ash, right? His, his name's Ash, yeah. This is where Bond starts in on the, uh, what is this weapon? He's trying to figure out what it is. And the doctor finally tells him it's a, it's a bioweapon. And then he asks how Spectre knew he was going to be there. And he kind of looks up at Logan Ash and, and Ash immediately looks, looks guilty. This is a character, by the way, where as soon as you see him, you're like, oh, that's a bad guy. We, we, we all knew this was going to be a bad guy immediately. And he is. So then he and Bond get into a fight. They get into a pretty brutal fight. Um, he gets a gun. He shoots Felix. And Felix sort of falls downstairs. Uh, he and Bond fight. And it ends up with Bond... Uh, escaping gunfire running down after Felix and getting locked in. And that's when we see Felix has a pretty lethal-looking gunshot wound. Um, I, I guess I shouldn't have been, but upon first view, I was shocked to see them kill this guy off. Felix, I was shocked to see Felix die. Well, I think because most James Bond movies in the franchise, you don't see recurring characters killed off like this. Never. Daniel Craig's has done it all. He's I killed mean, off M. 
He's killed off Felix. He's killed off Bond. Blofeld. Blofeld. Olive yeah. Spectre. It's like fuck, man. His girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, uh, Felix got eaten by a shark and licensed to kill. So I guess that's something. But he still he didn't lives. die though. He didn't die. So that's still something. Like, but yeah, uh, this this Bond uh, does does Daniel Craig's Bond does it all. Yeah. Um. So. I, yeah, and that that goes kind of kind of goes back to my complaint. So, outside of the movie, one common thing that I've heard for a long time is that Daniel Craig has become so synonymous with the character that they're going to have a hard time rebooting this. So, what do you do? Well, apparently, what they do is they just kill everyone, and so when we go to reboot in a few years, it'll be easier, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, again. Maybe I shouldn't have been shocked by this, but but Felix, uh, he has a great death, by the way. He has a great death. I was more shocked by this than the death of Bond. Because, really? Yeah, because going into this, I was like, eh, they might kill him. But I never in a million years thought they'd killed Felix. No. I mean... But oh boy, did they. He has a good death. Um, I like some of the some of the dialogues, right? He gets shot, Bond goes down, and he's like, he's like that's a, as soon as he says, like, that's a lot of blood. You kind of know where it's. I love where it too. Going. How they're still breaking each other's balls. Yeah, for sure. Like Wait. Felix is like, oh, this isn't so good. Maybe I'll sit this one out. And Bond's like, I think you're just looking for an excuse to not help me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're still, they're still, they're still busting it up. And, and yeah. uh, there's a point where uh, Felix is like, um, he's like, this reminds me of being on a fishing boat in Texas or something like that. Because Felix is from Texas in the book. Louisiana. And, yeah, or Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. And Bond's like, you're from Milwaukee. He's like, I think I made that up. <laughs> it, it, it kind of lends credence too to the spy life, like exactly. They've they lied so much; they don't even fucking know what's right. the truth and what's not. They, they lie so much they don't know their own reality. It, so but, that's kind of cute. That's kind of cool. God, that scene at the end where he's like, "Go," he goes, "It's a good life." Yeah, it's a good life, right? It got me. James got is like, me. "It's the best life." Yeah, and then. Same shit with Vesper. Same, same death. Bond goes under the water and he just sees him, but you know he's dead at this point. He's not drowning. He's already dead. He's he's dead. He's gone. He already got you know he got the shit shot out of him, um, and he tells Bond like you know you gotta go on without me. Um, it's a it's a it. I mean again it hits hard. There's a bunch of scenes in this movie that like really hit hard, and this is one of them. Seeing the death of Felix Leiter, like you know he's gonna be back in the future, like they all are, but still in this in this world. Felix is now is now gone, and then we get I, I love um, Bond goes up to the surface. He sees a raft, and we get a classic Bond in a dinghy shot. We haven't had that in a long time. We get Bond in a yellow dinghy. But of course, it's Daniel Craig, so he has to be depressed. He's not having alone. sex. He's, he's, he's not having sex. He's sad. And he's the Queen of at England's not calling him. And right. Oh my word. Yeah, Margaret Thatcher isn't calling him. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bond. <laughs> So, but it's Dan, yeah, it's Daniel Craig, so it's emo, it's emo. Bond. But in fairness, he just lost his, he just lost his like good, good buddy, and uh, he's looking at the cigar. He has a cigar. He was gonna get Felix, and he's looking yeah. at it. And uh, it's a cute scene. And then we immediately cut to kind of a hard cut, but it's it's fine. We immediately cut to him back in London, where he's back at his uh, um, storage facility, where he keeps a 1987 Aston Martin V8 Vantage and a whole bunch of suits apparently. Is this the funniest Bond James Bond in all of the fucking franchise? Yeah, I think so. Funniest for sure. So so this is the scene I was talking about where we get the full Bond theme, which I love. That hasn't happened yet in a, in a Bond film. But he, he like, this is the moment where you're like there's a bunch of moments in Daniel Craig's Bonds where it's like, okay, now he's pissed. But they killed Felix and now he's fucking pissed. So he's ready to, he's ready to like, kill some people. Um, 
So he, he rips off the cover to that V8 Vantage, which I love. That car is so gorgeous. Um, and he, he rolls up to MI6 in his suit, and we just get the full Bond theme, just playing straight through it. And I think it's amazing. I love it. And then he walks into MI6, and he, he's, you know, he's doing this whole swagger thing. He walks up to the security guard, and he's just, there's like, name? Bond. Expecting him to know what it is. He's just like, James Bond. And the security guard's like, yeah, <laughs> who are you? Yeah. He's no. got a visitor badge. Hey, he's got a visitor badge. It's great. So he goes to M's office, and he's, we get some more interplay between him and... Uh, we alluded to this earlier, yeah. We alluded to this earlier, but we get some more interplay between him and, him and the new 007, Nomi, and there's some funny scenes. Uh, and then, yeah, he goes into M's office, and that's where he says the line of, did this desk get bigger, or did you just get smaller? Right. Um, and they go at each other pretty hard. Uh, he's, he's pissed at M for developing this bioweapon that's now been unleashed upon the world, and they have a great little uh, back and forth. Um, so he finally, he finally leaves that scene. Hercules, Hercules, Heracles, Heracles, was developed as a British, um, no casualties kind right. of assassination thing, designed to be the perfect weapon. Right. The the idea is that it's this. Uh, they say nanobots. Uh, a little silly. I don't know. That's um, fine. It's uh, a go-to these days. Yeah, it's a go-to. It's fine. Um, but it's a it is a biological weapon that is coded to people's DNA, so it only kills the person they want to kill. There's no casualties. Right. In theory, it's a great weapon. Right. But that's the thing that's been stolen, and M helped develop it. Right. Yeah. And then it was stolen, and now you know it's being reverse engineered. Uh, so Bond wants to get to Blowfield, but the only one who's allowed to talk to Blowfield is the only person Blowfield will talk to is Madeline which Swan, which of course is Madeline of Swan. Of course. Which kind of makes sense. a psychologist. People gave this shit, but I think it kind of makes sense. She is a psychotherapist. Um, she knows Blowfield because she is Mr. White's daughter, who Mr. White was a... We don't really know. We, we never hear, like, he's... It would have been cool if he was like, oh, he's number three or something like that. We never hear that, but he is a higher-up inspector. Um, but before that, uh, we, we have a fun little scene with Bond, Money, Penny, and Q in Q's apartment. And he's cooking dinner. Uh, Q's gay in this. Doesn't really matter. I, I, see, that's line. another thing. Fine. People were like, "Oh, they got a fucking who gives a shit, dude." Yeah. Also, the actor is gay. He said one line. Yeah. He, he was, was like, cooking dinner for a date, and he said he'll be here any minute. That was it. It was one. It was who one. Fucking second. cares, dude. Like, yeah. God damn. It's such a stupid thing. Like, it doesn't matter that Q's gay. No, it's dumb. Like, like does it really fucking matter? Like, no. People are. People get upset at too many things these days. I don't know what to say. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck. It's fine. He was still Q. He still acted like Q. Absolutely. He didn't have gay sex on camera. <laughs> they didn't make Bond gay. No, he and Q. He's didn't still hook the up. same womanizing man that. He oh, clearly, left. that hasn't changed at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a cute little scene. I loved I loved uh, he had a, he had a line where he um he gets the flash drive from Bond that he got from the doctor. And there's a moment where he says, Bond, where's this thing been? And Bond says, well, probably everywhere. And he says, okay, I'm going to plug it into the, he says the sandbox, I think. But he's like, this is the auxiliary computer. That's a little play on the Skyfall thing, where in Skyfall, he plugs the flash drive from Silva directly into the MI6 mainframe. And everyone's like, why would you do that? Yeah. Um, so I, I like that. That's a cute scene. And then, and then, yes, then they tell him that Madeline Swan is the only person that Blofeld will speak to. Right. So we cut to Madeline Swan, and that's where she uh, meets Safin in her office who's being a real creep and being a weirdo. And uh, he, he goes into her office, they have some some lines back and forth about parents dying and stuff like that. Um, I do like the uh, the moment where he points out the flowers that she has. Do you think she didn't know that that was him? I don't think so. She was she acting like she knew it was him. Until she saw the mask. I think that was when she was like, oh. Why was she acting so like, you know. Weird? 
Yeah, man. Like um, that was the one thing I didn't understand. I think she's just a weird character. Yeah, she's just she's just very uh, awkward in those moments. She right. kind of did the same thing with Bond Inspector, where he walks in and she's automatically like kind of awkward around him or confrontational. Yeah, a little confrontational, which yeah. is weird for a psychotherapist, but fine. Well, and in fairness, he starts the exchange saying, "You're very attractive for a psychotherapist." And first of all, it's like, are psychotherapists supposed to be ugly or? <laughs> kind of a weird thing to say. Well, no they're shit. They're trained to handle that. What's that? They're trained to handle that. For sure. Yeah. And then she finally says, "Oh, well, it's." <laughs> Join us. Yeah. I'm too tired to sit on anything but the couch. Okay. <laughs> you want me to move the couch over? <laughs> yeah. What if I put a cushion? Anyhow. Um. So anyway. So yeah. So so we get a, a, a scene with those two, and he asks her. Um, because he kind of goes on this thing about how you know when you save some, when you save somebody's life you own them, implying that he owns her, yeah. and then she asks him to put the bioweapon on her to kill Blofeld. She's the only one he'll speak to, um, and then after that we go to what I'm going to say is my least favorite scene of the entire movie, the Blofeld and Bond interaction in jail. The 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 buildup to him like going down that hallway and yeah. shit is fucking great. That's great. Where he starts talking... That's the problem. Like, this just doesn't feel like Blowfield, man. It doesn't. And when Christoph Waltz opens his mouth is the problem, which is such a weird thing because... And then again, it's like, I'm the source of all your pain, James. Yeah, we're doing the same thing. Oh, one thing we didn't mention. I thought in this movie, another prediction that was 100% wrong, was that I thought in this, in this movie... they were Not 100%, 1,000 percent 1,000% wrong. I thought in this movie they would ignore the brother thing. They fucking oh, lean into it. No, They're like... We hear it in the Spectre meeting in Cuba, where he's like, my brother, James Bond. And I'm like, oh, fuck, come on. And then we hear it again here, yeah. where he doubles down on the, I am the author of all of your pain, James. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I hate this so yeah. much. I never yeah. want to see this again. Even Bond, Craig in this in this scene is a little bit weird, too. He sort of slips into his uh, um, character from Knives Out. Where he's he's like he kind of turns into a weird detective almost his like his vocal patterns are strange I don't know this is a weird scene yeah the 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 build up and seeing him like rolled out in some like Hannibal Lecter style cage is pretty Great. cool that's all cool but as soon as they start going like talking to each other it's very strange you know what you know what makes that scene hmm. we've talked about this several times but you know what makes that fucking scene the score. The scores, yeah, the scores. It's very like bum, 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 oh, bum, yeah. bum, bum, and he's just going down this hallway, and he just looks menacing as fuck. He does. And you're like, this is intense. Yeah. Then he starts talking, and everything changes, and it all goes to shit right <laughs> there. Yes. It's so funny. I love Christoph Waltz. I've loved him in the. I loved him in Django. I loved him in the Glorious Bastards. He makes a great villain. But he just doesn't work as Blofeld in this. I don't really know why. It just doesn't work. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, that this movie would have been improved by having Blofeld be the main villain, and I stand by that. But he's a very weak Blofeld. He might be my least favorite Blofeld, actually. Like he's not great. So yeah. Then then we have. Uh, was this before or after? Oh no, I think it was before the scene that we get a. We get a scene with uh, with M and Bond kind of talking on like a river, which is pretty good, and they sort of come to terms with each other. Yes. So, Madeline has put the, um, Hercules. She, she's, so she has it on her wrist. She leaves earlier in the scene, but then Bond grabs it. And it's established, or we, we skipped over this, but it's established in M's office at some point that, uh, 
Um, the, the virus can, the, the point of it is that it can jump from person to person until it meets its intended target. Right. So Bond has now rubbed up against Madeline. Um, now he has the virus, the nanobots, whatever. He chokes him. Blowfield. Yeah, I hated that bit. Me too. I didn't like that bit at all. It's so melodramatic. It's a callback again to You Only Live Twice. Because in the book You Only Live Twice, Bond does kill Blowfield by strangling him. But it was such a like a contrived, weird... He, Bond leans down and he's like, Die, Blowfield. And starts strangling him, but then he doesn't kill him. It's like, what just happened here? Um... So yeah, so uh, then Bond looks back and he sees that the nanobots are down on him and they've killed Blofeld and it's like whatever. This is where they make the point too that they cannot never get this out of you. Yeah, this is where they say um, right after this they go to the go it's to not just here for Christmas. Nanobots are not just for Christmas. Yeah, that line got a laugh out a of a chuckle? lot of people. Yeah, I got a little chuckle. Um, I feel like if you're of a certain age, you yes. have to keep explaining. Yourself. Hard cut to. Gay bars. <laughs> so Daniel Craig only goes to gay bars. <laughs> <laughs> we were chatting. We were just chatting that uh, Daniel Craig was giving an interview the other day, and he said for years he, he likes to go to gay bars. And they asked him why, and he was like, well, when I used to go to you know regular bars, I get in fights too much. And I was like, how many fights are you getting into? But he said, he's like, at gay bars, you don't really get in fights, and there's always, um, there's always straight girls there that you can pick up on. <laughs> it's true. That is, that it's is, true. Yeah, it's true. That is both the most, like... Progressive yet masculine thing oh, I've for sure. ever heard. Yeah, that's the thing. And no, and to, and a lot of people said that because they were like, "Oh, that's cool that he goes to gay bars, but he's going to gay bars for like the weirdest reasons." No <laughs> shit. He gets in fights constantly, and actually, he even said, "And he he's said, trying to get laid." He's trying to get laid at the gay bars. He even said, "Like, I don't get into fights as much at the gay bars," which implies that he's still getting into fights <laughs> at gay bars. So it's like, maybe you're the problem, man. Like, I don't know. Shit, it's funny. Apparently, he got a, he got caught at one in 2010, and I didn't even realize this, but he told a story, and he was like, "The paparazzi got me coming out of the gay bar," and he was just like, "Yeah, I like to go to gay bars. I don't get in fights as You're much." Fine. And yeah, my mom's my mom's brother's gay, so she I've never been to a gay bar, but like I have. Uh, oh, really? Are they fun? Me and my brother went, and um, there was me, my brother, um, my ex girlfriend Brendan, and his ex wife. This was like, I don't know, 15 years ago. Okay. And um, my brother and I were like dancing together and shit, and that's awesome. It was uh, fucking hilarious. That's awesome. But um, I've heard they're great. I've heard they're great places yeah. to be. There's a lot of stories I can't tell on the show, but that's anyhow. fine. It's a it's a family show. Obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I lived in the Bay Area. That was where I hung out most of the time. My, one of my closest friends is lesbian. Okay. I actually, I, I wasn't a gay bar once. My closest friends is lesbian, and my going away party was actually one gay bar after another. That's cool. Maybe I need to check one out. I don't know. I, I actually wasn't a gay bar once, but it was like in the morning. Uh, my friend Michael and I got married. There? No, no. Well, that'd be a whole different story. <laughs> I woke up there with a sore bum. <laughs> for some reason. So here's a story. I mean, it's not very controversial, but it's really funny if you know Sharon. So we were at this like underground gay bar and um so we were there it was one of her friends um birthdays and so i was there straight and another friend a guy who's straight and he went to the bathroom he had to pee so sharon's like where's gene and i said he went to the bathroom she's like you let him go alone yeah she ran off into the bathroom after him like i don't know what's going to happen in there but <laughs> one never knows i know <laughs> 
One never knows. Okay. Anyway, back to the movie. Oh no, real quick. Okay. No, I won't share this. No, it's fine. No, share, share, share. No, 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 no. So anyhow, dude, my my lady's right here. All right, I can't all right, all right, all right. But anyhow, um, back to the movie. Where are we even at in this movie? <laughs> uh, Bond has just met Blofeld. Blofeld's he killed now. Blofeld. Blofeld is we, dead. Yeah. Her- Hercules is like I do. I do. All like, we, we we talked about this. I don't like how they just. Everybody's gone now. Like Felix is dead, Blofeld's dead, Spectre's dead. Like it, it, it all felt too easy. These are supposed to be the big bads of James Bond. They're never supposed to go away. Um, and Blofeld just died like accidentally. Kind of is annoying. But um, but so after this, we this is where we establish that the Heracles thing jumps from people. That it's forever. It stays on you forever. Um, and then we cut to Bond hunting down Madeline in Norway at her right. house, the same house we saw in the pre-title sequence. Right. Um, and this is one of the best bits of the movie. I think it's. I think it's great. Um, he goes to this house, this gorgeous house. He walks in with his gun out, and she says, "Is that for me?" He's like, "Nope." And then they have this little, you know, nice little interplay in between. Um, I was getting serious uh, for your eyes only vibes here when he meets the Contessa. I don't know why. I feel like they were playing off that scene. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they he basically professes his love for her. Which is a weird thing for a for a bond to do. Um, he tells her, "There's not a moment I regret, except putting you on that train. Except putting you on that train. Yeah, and I have loved you every day, and I will love you. Blah blah. blah. It was very fucking great. It's I, great. I agree. Daniel Craig again acting his ass off in the scene. In spite of what fucking Farva said, no, we never got this far with Farva. We didn't get. Oh, we didn't get this far with Farva. I yeah, think we got through. Not even close. Barely the pre titles with yes. Farva, and then it got dark. Um, <laughs> so, so, we love you, Farva. Hey, here's we love, Farva. Here's, here's Farva. We love Farva. Farva. Officer Farva is great. He currently has a headache today. <sighs> yes, he does. So uh, this scene is absolutely beautiful. And it ends It ends with Bond, you know, Madeline in his arms. They're about to kiss. And then we look up and we see a child. Oh, my gosh. A child with James Bond's piercing blue eyes. Does he have blue eyes? Yeah. Daniel Craig? What? Like a hard cut to gay bars. <laughs> so Daniel Craig only goes to gay bars. <laughs> <laughs> we were chatting. We were just chatting that uh, Daniel Craig was giving an interview the other day, and he said for years he, he likes to go to gay bars. And they asked him why, and he was like, well, when I used to go to... I'll speak to people like her. So She's beneath me. Sorry. Yes. Madeline Swan is beneath Emma. Beneath yes, her. that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Madeline Swan. So Bond clearly has a daughter at this point. Bond has a daughter. I, I kind of like these scenes. It's very, it's, this is the most different series of scenes that you're ever going to see in a Bond film. Um, but Bond now has a daughter and a woman that he clearly loves still. Um, he's very confused by the whole thing. The dude's a killer. He's an assassin. And now he has a little baby who's cute. Um, I love the scene. The, the Sort of the next scene after this is the next morning where he's... He makes her like eggs and cuts her up an apple, and he just sort of looks at her like, "What do you think? Is it good?" Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's, it's fine. Like apple and butter, or some shit. Yeah, apple, and I think I think she has like an egg on the plate or something. Oh, like he should have served Nutella. But yeah, yeah there but you go. but <laughs> I just I just I don't know. It's I Norway might... though. They might not have Nutella. Yeah, no, I think they do. True. I think Nutella is European. Nutella's Italian. Is it? Yeah. Um, well, I did have Nutella gelato in Italy. Oh, nice. 
I make a cake that is the from the original region they created Nutella, but it's not Nutella, but it's Nutella inspired. That's off the topic. Um, no, it's but, uh, it's always on topic. Nutella everything's cake, on. You're gonna have to bring it. Everything's on topic for this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It makes that out of almonds. Oh, it's fabulous. Um, I will definitely bring that next time. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, um, uh, Bond is all of a sudden engulfed in this like family life, which is weird and fun. It is see. weird, isn't it? Is it is weird, but I like it. It's different. Um, you know, one thing, people are mad at this movie for doing different things, but the reality is you can't do the same thing with Bond all the time. You do have to change it up. It's a 60-year-old franchise. You can't man. just be raping women and slapping women. And no. You can only do that yeah. occasionally. That's a special occasion. <laughs> it's a little treat for Bond to do. It's a little it treat. It can't be every movie. It's just every me used sparingly. Every five or six movies now, Bond gets a little rape and it's fine. <laughs> but, um... This is a great scene. And then, so, uh, Bond eventually gets a call from uh, M saying that Nomi is tracking Logan Ash. They send her the location, and he says, oh, I thought, you know, he was, she was tracking Logan, not me, not realizing that Logan is in Norway after him now. Um, and so he immediately evacuates Madeline Swan and, and the kid, Matilde is her name, uh, cute, cute kid, uh, and they, they have a little, uh, little chase. Which is honestly one of the best scenes. This is another like amazing scene. This whole Norway chase is really fabulous because you have it's not just Bond, like the stakes are different because it's not just Bond anymore. It's Bond and his family, which is now. extremely intense. It's a very intense chase, and the whole it scene is. culminates yeah. in the in the forest. In the forest, the, the chase is the chase is pretty good. But once they move into the forest, well, it gets I better. I think they should have given him family a long time ago because it really ups the emotion. That we feel. I mean, Bond has Doesn't sex with it? literally anything that will stand still long enough, so it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he, he was never trying. He was never trying. Not to, in this. He was never trying to protect his family. Bond would have sex with a cactus if it looked appealing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it makes it. I will say, Daniel Craig is definitely a superhero because he got his balls beat off of him in Casino Royale, and he had a child in this movie. That was one thing everybody brought up in this. Everyone. I mean, everyone has been like, how did How that, did he have kids after that he happen? got his balls beaten to death yeah. by Lashif? It's fine, whatever. In Casino Royale. That's why he was so surprised. He was like, I didn't think this was biologically possible. Did, did we watch Casino Royale? If we did, I don't remember. So basically what happens is, Lashif kidnaps Bond, ties him to a chair butt naked, Cuts out the bottom of the chair. Oh! Okay? Yeah. And he's got a bull rope. And he's swinging it as hard as he can and hitting James in the balls. So I have a story about that, too. Has this happened? Do I want to hear this? Has this happened to you? <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, college was wild. <laughs> <laughs> it happened at work. Okay, I'm, I want to hear this story now. What happened at work? What no, ball torture happened no, at your work? It's not really that interesting. So my friend's office in a nursing home, we worked in a nursing home, my friend's office was next to the shower and they wheel the old people <laughs> into the shower in like a commode thing that's open. Okay. So the, the old balls hang down. And so poor really Rosalie, hard, yeah, poor Rosalie would watch them go by, which was not that bad except when the men went by because as they went by, they only had like the, you know, the gown up to here. And so she would see the balls go by. Oh, oh! And it was a huge, huge privacy violation. Like we could have maybe been shut down for that. But I mean, all nursing homes are pretty much shit. I mean, nursing homes are all pretty bad. So yeah. I mean, they do that kind of stuff. Nobody got their balls pulverized. That right? we know of. Yeah. 
Like, hey, we're all we're all gonna get there one day. We're all gonna be. You're all gonna have your balls. Balls hitting, the, down hitting the floor. Linoleum eventually, floor. Yeah. As your social worker sits there horrified. Well, that's terrifying. That's somehow more terrifying than the ball torture. <laughs> so this so anyway, scene in the forest. Scene in the forest is absolutely fantastic, and um, he gets the book to, 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 to backtrack. He gets there because as 007 closing in on Ash. Right. And they're like, yeah, this is the location. He's like, I thought she was supposed to um, follow Ash, right. not me. He said, oh, I thought she was supposed to follow Ash, not me. He realizes they're closing in on him. Right. And then they take off. Right. They leave the Aston Martin. They go off in a in a Toyota Highlander, I think. It's a four-door Toyota. Yeah. Um, we get a great chase. But yeah, it culminates in the forest. And this is just, just, a, just, a, just a badass action scene. Fucking awesome. So good. It's yeah. awesome. Um, uh, Bond leaves his family in the like in a like a, a shack in the middle of the woods. Gives him his PPK and says, "All right, if anybody comes in that door, shoot him. Um, don't shoot me, but shoot them." Um, immediately uh, takes a machine gun off a biker that he just killed. I think Madeline killed him actually. Like the biker comes up and he has his daughter in his hands and um, uh, she kills a biker. He gets his machine gun and then he starts just taking out cars running all over the place it's, it's, it's awesome but it culminates in a very again a very uh, for your eyes only uh, death um, where he finally gets Logan Ash he sees Logan Ash in a car he lures him uh, into a part of the forest where he knows he can flip the car so they drive over a tree stump the car flips Logan Ash is, is out and uh, and uh, you know bleeding out a lot of times broken. in this Bond is getting gunfire thrown at him yeah and he doesn't fucking care no he doesn't care so the car if he, he ties up a um it's like a winch from one of yeah. the, the the cars yeah the car flips over and he's shooting it as the car is going by which is a fucking classic scene it's a badass it's a badass sequence he like he, he the car flips he walks straight up to the to the windshield and just like just fires straight in brutal murder very brutal this this again there's some brutal kills in this yeah. um so he kills those guys and uh, we finally get to Logan Ash laying out on the on the forest floor he's like legs are broken he's bloodied up and he says, you're not going to be able to stop Saffin, but, you know, come on, help me, brother. And he says, the classic line, he said, I had a brother once. His name was Felix Leiter. And the car that, that flipped is, like, over top of him, and he just takes the car and pushes it straight down. On, you can hear the bones crunch. He stole that line from Avengers. Did he? Tony Stark I flies up after he gets the armor, and he says something like, we had something. His name was Coulson, and shoots fucking Loki. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Is that Endgame or no? First Avengers. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah. We're okay. gonna get to Wait. Ultron I in a couple months here. I did you're see close. That. Yeah, we're close. I, I've okay. I've restarted watching Marvel again. It's fine. Whatever. We're stopping um, at Ultron for Phase Two. We're not doing fucking Ant Man. As far as I'm concerned, that's Phase Three. Shh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I, I I refuse to watch Thor: The Dark World. So, um, <laughs> the worst movie ever. Anyway, uh, but it was still a great line. Uh, I, I liked it, and the death is brutal. Um, but then the end of this scene is Madeline Swan. Uh, 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 Safin flies up in a helicopter, and we see him walk into the hut where Madeline Swan is. So he abducts Madeline Swan, takes her away in his helicopter. Bond is too late to save them. And the last scene of this is they're walking down a road. 007, Nomi pulls up and sort of tries to joke with him, and he's like, basically, you know, where have you been? Uh, and they, he gets in the car, and they drive to the. This is actually another. This is another good scene between the two of them. Um, but they, they eventually drive to the local NATO airbase to get on their giant plane to go invade Saffin's Island. So, 
We're getting to the last act here. We're getting to the last... This is the last act. And what I gotta say, Safin's bass is fucking awesome. It's great. It's classic it's Bond. It's a classic Bond bass. It's a... It is a... It's an island situated between Russia and Japan in, in disputed waters, and it's like a 1950s Cold War uh, missile silo or something yeah. that he has terraformed into his... Uh, poison Garden, which again comes straight out of Fleming. Uh, that's that is a that is a Fleming thing. It's classic twice. Bond base. Very classic Bond base. He's a classic Bond villain. This is Bond all, villain base. This is all. This is all. This is all great. Um, so yeah, Nomi and Bond get on a plane. And one thing I like about this movie is the um, the the knock against the Daniel Craig films has been that Bond goes rogue all the time. And in this movie, he kind of does the opposite of going rogue. He comes back to MI6, and then in this in this scene. They very specifically, M is like, your mission is kill Safin, uh, rescue Madeline Swan, destroy Heracles. He, he goes rogue for a bit, but well, yes, he does come home. He's rogue in the beginning, but he's also retired in the beginning, so it makes sense that he's going rogue, because that's like that's a thing that agents would do. Like, a retired agent would go work for the CIA and be a contractor, essentially. But in this movie, they make a point to be like, all right, you have a mission. You're working for me. And this is where uh, Nomi gives the, another clunker of a line where she's like, sir, I would like... Uh, Double, uh, Bond to be reinstated as 007 and I'm just like fine I don't give a fuck whatever <laughs> this makes no difference to me right. just, just please please save the day so that's great but uh so we get we get some we get some fun stuff they get injected with smart blood again which will come up later and then they get into their plane which is probably my least favorite thing in the movie because the plane immediately t- they, they get into this sort of uh it's like a it's kind of like a water Plane. I don't know. As soon as they exit the Bond is reinstated as double O, by the way. He's yeah, he's reinstated as double O seven. And uh, as soon as the the plane leaves the bigger plane, it turns into a CGI mess, which I hate. I like real stuff in James Bond films, and uh, this is not it. This looks like it'd be in a bar, a Marvel movie. So don't love that, but that's fine. It's fine. You hate it because this was in a Marvel movie. No, I hate it because it looks like it'd be in a Marvel movie. It's a CGI plane. Like, I don't like Bond in CGI anything. I want Bond to be in real stuff. You drop Bond, you do a halo jump there. Maybe you drop him off in a seaplane, a submarine. I don't know. Something something you can drop out of the back of the plane and make it real. So, let's, let's get to the, the end of the air. Yeah. You get to the rigmarole. Uh, Bond has put some bombs on the island, but it's not enough to blow up the whole island, right? No, not at all. And there's this great scene where he's going. It's a one-take uh, shot. He's going up this stairwell. Killing guys left and right. He gets some good one-liners in. Dude, that's that's a great scene. A great scene. Great scene. He has a it's very in. fun one-liner. Uh, at this point, he is rescued. Like he and Safin have had the big Bond villain. We got to talk about Safin and his like yeah. creepiness. He he's very creepy. At this point, they've had the big villain speech. He's gotten Madeline and and Matilde and Nomi off the island. Um, so Bond is the only one left on the island. He goes back to kill Safin, and he does this fantastic sort of one shot it's not really one shot but it's a sort of one shot fight up the stairwell um, and it's, it's pretty great it's absolutely fabulous I agree 100% um, Safin with Bond's kid mm-hmm. is very fucking creepy it's very creepy he's he's basically like, he wants to keep Madison to himself he wants to keep Madison on the island ways with, the, with the kid yeah the kid he doesn't care about he, he's not in the kids he, he literally tells Bond um you know, you can take your, your... He says, you take your baby and I'll take mine. Because he's obsessed with Madeline. Uh, he wants Madeline to be like his wife on this on this island. Um, Bond, of course, you know, shoots all of his guards. Those They escape. 
Um, and then after that, the, the, what I referred to in the beginning is that Sapin has a soft spot for kids. So she escapes. Matilde escapes from him. Right. And he's just like, whatever, moving on. Um, right. And we do sort of get like a ticking clock countdown thing because the, the um, uh, virus is on the island. It's being mass manufactured. And it's about to leave the island on boats. So uh, once Bond gets everybody off, he calls in a missile strike. So they have this conversation where Safin has got Bond's daughter. Yeah. And they're speaking. This is kind of a Dr. No um, throwback as well. Oh, it's very Dr. Safin is very Dr. No. Very Dr. No. He's very Dr. The no. The rumor before this movie was that Safin was going to be Dr. No. And I'm glad they didn't do that. But there is a point where they call him Dr. So maybe that was in one of the scripts at some point. Um, but he's, it's clearly influenced by Dr. No. It's, it's pretty obvious. This looks like a Dr. No base. He acts like Dr. No. You know, I, think, I think that's great. I think it's fun. I agree. And we have talked about this before on this podcast, but if they were going to reboot everything, like I would want them to kind of go through some of the old lore, yeah. update it for today's world, you know, not too much. But um, but still, but still less up, rape. Update, yes, less rape, less rape. Yes, not no rape, just um, less rape. Yes, just a little bit of rape, but not too much rape. <laughs> a sousant of rape. <laughs> it's fucking. It's so okay, bad. it's so bad. Well, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it is what it is. We gotta stay true to the source material, right? Yeah. But uh, I appreciate the like the influences to Doctor No in this for sure. Um. Remy Malik is a great actor. Yes. Uh, sometimes I felt like he was overacting a bit, but I feel like he didn't know what to do with his character. They're like, oh, well, he, the, you know, Safin's got a point. Mm, no, he doesn't. He's kind of a homicidal maniac. He's one to kill everybody. You know? Also, we don't even know. One of the big problems with this movie is we don't even know what Safin's scheme is. He just he's just gonna kill people. Like that's it. That's his whole thing. There's no reason, like even with uh, like when Drax did this in Moonraker, it was like I'm gonna kill everyone because I think humanity is lost, and we're gonna rebuild a better society. We got nothing like that with Sapin. It was just I'm gonna kill everybody. So I don't know. It was a little weird, uh, and that's why I said this movie might have been better had you taken him out of the film and just had Blofeld be the main villain. That could have been better, but you know it's fine. Sapin's good. He's fine. So this movie ends with Bond. Um, he opens the he opens the, doors. He, he opens the hatches because this is a missile silo. He so says, is, "Throw the missiles on this location because yeah. this cannot get out." His his whole thing is like, if this shit and I, I, people don't like the sending, they think it's contrived. I don't disagree. It is a little contrived. But his thing is like, if one of these vials gets out, it could be Armageddon. So yeah. so launch the missiles, blow this place sky high. I'll open the doors because there's blast doors because it's a missile silo. So he goes back in, opens up the doors. He's about to escape, um, and then the doors start to close again. So he has to run back to the place, and that's when Sapin shoots him like eight times. Bond gets shot a whole lot in this scene. And I think this was the moment where I was like, he's not making it out. You don't come back from eight bullet wounds to the chest, no matter who you are. Like that's just too He much. still breaks his arm and fucking kills him in he, cold blood. He, he disarms I love the Sapin death scene. He disarms Safin. He basically runs at him, gets shot once more, gets Safin down into the water, breaks his arm on screen in like a like an MMA arm break way. It's so After brutal. Safin has told him that he's spread Hercules onto Bond, 
Bond can never go around his yeah. wife or his daughter. It's worse than that ever again. It's established earlier. So why it's, it's established live? earlier in the film. Well, that's that's why he dies because it's established earlier too. I'm glad you sat in for this part because this is what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's established earlier in the film that even if you have the stuff on you, the weapon you can never get it off. You can't get it off, and it's also designed to jump from person to person to eventually find its target. So for Bond, once he have it, he once he has it on him, it's like, well. This weapon can move from people to people until it eventually finds its target. So even if it's 30 years from now, if I lived in complete solitude... So he, if, even if he went near his friends, it could still... Say he went back right. to Jamaica. Yes. So he can't really go around he anyone. Went, he can't go around anybody, because theoretically... If that person who was in Jamaica made contact with him, and they made contact with his wife or his daughter, they would die. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, that's the spot he's put in. So not only has he been pumped full of bullets, he now sat in his... You know, marked him with this bioweapon that will kill his wife and daughter. And so in his head, it's like, I can't live anymore. I need are, you they're to. They're not married, are they? I need. I need uh, no, not nebulous. I need you to describe for me, though, the first time you saw this. Oh, man. Because I will describe my experience the first time. So I the saw first this. time I saw this, I saw this. The I mean, obviously, I saw the earliest opening possible night. screening. It was, the, it was the night before opening night. It was a Wednesday on yeah. IMAX. And. So this is like me seeing Fast and Furious. I guess so. <laughs> um, we will watch that re- recent one. I love eventually. Fast and Furious. No, so I'm, I'm in. We I'm won't. In. We will. I'm in. So um, we, we, even if we talk shit on it, we will watch it. The first first night I saw this, again, I went in thinking it's possible they kill Bond, but I hope they do it well. I don't want him to go out in some stupid whatever. This movie is a tragedy. Like it's about a mm-hmm. guy who had a possibility to find love and gave it up. For the wrong reasons because he was tricked essentially and then eventually has to die because he can't be with the people that he wants to be with it is a straight up tragedy Blofeld should the, that's why Blofeld should have been the main that's villain. why Blofeld should have been the main villain because it could have been the guy that was like fucking with him the whole time yeah. and Blofeld Blofeld could have had the same end as Saffin you know one of the things that I love about Saffin's death where he just gets shot is Bond doesn't even care he, 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 he's been infected with the poisons he looks at Saf and he's already broken his arm. He picks up the gun from the water. He doesn't even look at him. He just shoots him like five times in the chest. Absolutely. He's just like, whatever. Um, the first time I saw this, at this point, I obviously knew where this was going. And I got emotional. I'm not an emotional person. But it's like, this is, this is my boy. This is Bond. He's, he's, this, is, this is it. This is the mission he doesn't come back from. It's obvious at this point. Because, again, you can't be, if you're a guy like this... And you want to be with your family. You have a wife and daughter. I put myself in the position where it's like if I had a wife and daughter, and then somebody said to me, you're never going to be able to see them again, ever. I'd probably also take that route too. But I think it's more than that because throughout, how many years did you say? 60 years? 60 years. 60 years actually. This has been happening that he's been like sleeping around and blah, blah, blah. And you always think to yourself when someone sleeps around, you know, oh, they're looking for love, or they're damaged, or whatever the case may be. He's you know? definitely damaged. Yeah, you think that, you know, whatever you think about promiscuous people, right? And so he's found whatever it is he was looking for, and now let, he, let, let's he condense. can never... He can never see him again. Let's condense, yes. let's condense that thought, though, Emma. Okay? Let's condense that thought. If we're just going by Daniel Craig's run, yeah, 15 years... 15 years of this, okay? And this is where it ends, right? Yeah. That's a long time. It's a very long time. Longest you know actor I mean? ever be in the role. Even 15 years yeah. to experience different humans, 
different uh, persuasions of people you're attracted to, right? Well, he's different. been with many, many types of right. women. If we just conclude the Craig run, and, and he had fucked all these women, seduced all these women to this point, this is the one, for whatever reason, we can fucking judge from the outside all we want, right? People can judge me and Emma. Dude, why is this the one that grabbed Mike? Okay, but it is. Yeah. Madeline is the one that grabbed James, right? There's no question why. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But my point is, this is the one James fell in love with, right? Vesper, yes. But she died. Right. And that was the first and, movie. And betrayed him. And betrayed him. Yeah. Madeline did not. And she bored his fucking child. Yes. Okay? I don't have kids. You do. But having kids is like such a game changer. Yes. Like that's the difference with this movie. If they were just in love, it'd be one thing. But once you introduce the child into the thing, it's like, oh no, Bond will literally fucking... Die. Well, like, from my perspective, I'm going through a divorce. I will be divorced. Yeah. If, if this thing just killed my, like, baby mama, all right, I might still might be able to live. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but my child. Yes. Fuck no. Right. Fuck no. So the first time I saw this, my jaw was to the ground. Right? Yeah. Second time I saw this, I got choked up. I got choked up too. I got choked up. I really did. Because seeing it, also his death scene is pretty. It's hard hitting. It's really hard is. hitting. The, the score again. We mentioned this again. Final Hans Zimmer. Final Here's to Hans Zimmer, Here's dude. Here's to Hans. You know what? Though, I think any, anyone can relate to this. Not just people who have kids, because it's not just about the kids. Because you don't see him get super close to many people, right? So now he's got a child and he has this love of his life. And so this is everyone yes. to him. So we all have, even if we don't have children, we all have everyone. And he's had nothing to this point. Right. He has, no, no, he has literally nothing. nothing. Yeah. He's like living alone in like it's a jungle a or something. Badass house in You know, so every, everyone <laughs> yeah. that he cares about, he can't. And we all have, even if we don't have kids, we all have people. And imagine if you couldn't see anyone in that group of people, anyone you love. Yeah, totally. What, what else? It, why would you go on? Absolutely. And, and just, just to piggyback off that thought, a child that, uh, you came, that, that child came from you, mm-hmm. or you're responsible for that child in a respect, right? I would die for my kids, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So the idea you know, of, of Bond being like... Emma being a, like a stepmom, maybe she won't feel that way. You having no kids, maybe you wouldn't feel that way. Well, but, but if me, I had kids, I could, I could see the... the I would absolutely die for my kids. You okay, know? what if I couldn't cuddle my pets anymore? Okay, let's, let's bring could, it to that, let's bring it to that point. Sure. never ever To make it more relatable dog. to everybody. Sure. Right? Well, everyone I loves I, pets. I don't think it has to be. I think you could... Like, even people that don't have kids are like... Oh, I can understand why this guy would literally sure. rather die. I think than anyone, be can his ch- anyone can understand. Whatever it is, whatever it is, that you have in your life. Thing. Yeah, your mom and dad, your pets, exactly. whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, this guy, this guy's like, I can never. Not only, not only can I never be around my kids again, but I'm a danger as long as I'm alive that's, to my wife well, and I think, child. Yeah, I think that's like elevates it. So, not that you can't be around them, but you're a danger to them. Farva yeah, was in general. Farva was bitching about this ending last night. 
And I completely disagree. Captain Fargo was bitching about a lot of things last night. I know, but so. I completely disagree with that because it's so impactful. It is. It gets they, you. they didn't just make this like, oh, James just got shot in the line of action. Yeah. He made a choice. See, that was the thing I was worried about. When I went into the film, I was like, it might kill him. It might happen. I hope they don't do it in some stupid way where he just like gets shot and dies. And it's like, oh, that, that sucks. Yeah. But they literally put him in a position where it's like, you, you can't leave. Because if you do, you're a danger to the people you love the most. So it was impactful. I teared up. I choked up. I did. I choked up. And and you know, I don't know if it would have had this impact on me as much if we didn't go through this journey last yeah. year. Dude, here's as as bad as COVID was, and I'm gonna cheers to this in a minute, but as bad as COVID was. Here's to like me and Matt getting closer, but not only that, but going through this bond journey. Cheers, man. Love you. Love you. But it was fun. It was really. But, fun. but I I felt so much more emotion from this Bond movie than any other movie because we went through that journey. Yeah. This character we've fallen in love with, and to see him die on screen, and this is very polarizing. You said your dad fucking hated this. Super polarizing. Yeah. He he loved the movie, just didn't like the death, and I get that. And I, I, really I feel do. there's a bit of that that I feel. Sure, 100%. If there's people that don't like this, I completely understand. I think it's totally fair. I get it. I really do. Um, it worked for me. I can understand why people didn't like the it. The score is so great to accompany so this. Final Ascent by Hans Zimmer is... I listened to it the other day and I got choked up just listening I cry to every it. time I hear that oh, shit, dude. Oh, 100%. It's so good. So good. It's so good. It's so good. Again, Hans Zimmer killed it. He killed Super it. Super good job. He fucking killed it. But, uh... I get why people don't like this, but I think for like you have to look at Daniel Craig's Bond as its own thing. It's a different thing. It's not Pierce Brosnan. It's not Sean Connery. It's not Roger Moore. It's just the Daniel Craig Bond films exist in this little pocket universe where it's its own storyline. And it starts with a thing and it ends with a thing. And it kind of makes sense. People are stupid to think that this is a continuation from like 60 years ago. It's not. It's its own thing. They established that right in Casino Royale. Where they were like, new guy, hasn't had his double O number yet. Now he's 007. Okay, this is a different thing. When you watch the Connery films, um, you can look at some of those things, like I said, and be like, oh, fuck. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a little ah, tough. Fuck. Well, little tough. But you can appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I fucking love those Connery films. Emma, the biggest liberal queen on the face of the earth, likes those Connery films, right? Well, that's not true. I'm not the biggest liberal queen. Okay, but you're pretty liberal. The biggest liberal yeah. queen, obviously, is Adam Lambert. Well, for sure. Is he? I mean, that goes without saying. Not kidding. <laughs> I love Adam Lambert. So we're clear. But it's funny. My parents, super conservative, they go to see him everywhere he goes. Really? That is a good concert. <laughs> I've never seen him. Yeah. I like him. They're not I that get conservative. Got to. No, I, I like him. I'm, I'm not a... A fan, really. I like his. I mean, I, I like him. He's got a good voice. I like him. his queen stuff. Cool. No, I'm not a fan, but. But my point is, you've got to go see anyway. him. Right, you cool. you can point out like the parts are like, whoa, this is fucking like this didn't age well. Oh right? yeah, 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 for sure. But ultimately, those films are kind of like in a time capsule. I agree, but you know what else? I don't agree with you about the quote unquote rape scenes. I mean, they're pretty rapey. In what way? I don't believe they're cut and dry. Explain. 
Yeah, I'm curious too. Well, I need to watch it again to completely. I, I've explained it before. You're not leaving. We're watching Goldeneye or Goldfinger tonight. Apparently, I need Emma to be like. Actually, <laughs> she 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 spread her legs so hard in the scene. You're not leaving until we watch all the Connery films <laughs> oh, tonight. God. I'll be here till next. Okay, week. if you find if you find like a YouTube video with that scene, I can't remember. You know, my memory is not very good. Okay. I, don't know. I disagree with you. Okay. It's pretty rapey. But no, no, here's no. here's my take on that whole like you guys thinking it's rapey thing you, is that you as men probably have been conditioned to think everything is rapey in today's world. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't know. That was pretty bad. No, no, no. Gold I get what you're saying. Right. I get what you're saying. But but to an extent, like she's right in 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 the sense of. It's not like she was like, no, no, get off me. Yeah, and she's scratching them and shit. Like. But full disclosure, you know that whole, what was that Christmas song? Oh, um, uh, Cold Outside? Maybe it's Cold Outside. Yes, yeah. that was rapey. And anyone who was upset about that been taken off the radio or whatever, you're a fucking idiot. But yes, it was rapey. We're live. Yes. I'm just kidding. You know, if, and so we're I, live. I saw a video if I was in some guy's house and he was like trying to take my jacket off, like he would be bruised and bloody, and I would probably find something to bludgeon him with. And so maybe you do dead. think that song is rapey? I think I that love song you is so much, and this is why very rapey. Okay. That okay. song is rapey, but, but all the, the Bond films is not. I ha- I it's all good. Yeah, I haven't paid much attention. I'm here. I'm very curious about this. But okay, I think that but, song's not that rapey, but the Goldfinger scene is extremely <laughs> rapey. <laughs> So, okay, we need to watch the video of that song because, like, if you were trying to leave and I was trying to take your clothes off, what would you do? I mean, me personally? I'd be like, I'd be like all right, I guess this is where the next going. <laughs> okay. I, if, so, so I, if I was trying to leave a guy's house and he was trying to take my clothes off, like I said earlier, someone is going to die. Sure. It might be me. Sure. But That's someone fair. is, <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, what if yeah. it was reverse? What if you went into a woman's house and that woman was ripping all their clothes off of you as a man? How would you take that? I don't know. How did you take that? Oh my my goodness! (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is going to be five hours long. Am I a victim? Am I a victim? I think you might be. Three years later! Three years later, Mike is realizing he's actually a victim here. He's like, I really must go, but baby, it's cold outside. Give me your pants. That's the song she was singing. Yeah. When I came in her house. Oh my gosh. It was cold outside. Hey, you came in her house I multiple did, times. I did so. come in her house multiple. <laughs> that was getting gross. Okay. He so, wanted to come in my house. And I did. Uh, multiple times. No, he wanted to walk into my house. <laughs> so what happened when I walked in your house that night? Tell the audience. <laughs> we walked, we sat on the couch and watched cartoons. No. Nope, I was assaulted. So anyway, no time to die. Okay, so a... to get to, okay, so Bond dies. Yes, Bond dies. Um, and then there's a quote from the end of, yeah, uh, so, so that's only, you only live twice, right? Yeah, so this is a Jack London quote uh, from You Only Live Twice. I never you hear twice. heard no. Which is basically... <laughs> So it's on record she raped me. I did. No, know. I never heard no. Just, just, he just let me know. Me away. Twenty-six no's and a yes is a yes. 
Did you? I, I sent the um, honest trailers for the Connery Bonds. Oh, that was so good. And at the that. end, she was like, "So you think a slap to the face is uh, completely okay?" And he's like, "Yes, absolutely." <laughs> <laughs> Emma just found out she's like, because I'm like fifty percent Scottish, so I'm like fucking way Scottish. Yeah, I'm pretty Scottish. Well, she found out she's a lot more Scottish than British. Twenty-seven percent. Oh, wow. oh my right? god. Right, twenty-seven. Yeah. And I'm only like eighteen percent British. So she should love Sean Connery. I, I'm pretty good <laughs> this, at math, this but sense. I don't get that. Yeah. That does not make sense unless they're going like way back and all those Scottish Le- people dude, came down. Legit, I'm like fifty percent Scottish. Yeah, I'm pretty Scottish too. Okay. Probably forty-ish. So okay, so he dies. Okay. The anyway, quote. so back to the movie. The quote. Um, yeah. So uh, it's a Jack London quote by. By way of you only live twice, um, so it was in the end of the book uh, Ed Bond's fake obituary. Um, but it basically M is reading a quote where it says, you know, um, I don't remember the quote, but it's like I will I will use my time. I remember the quote. Yeah, essentially. Can I like, say it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he says, the purpose of man. Oh wow, this is impressive. Is to. He's very smart. Um, the purpose of man is to. Is it not ext- I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Yeah. The purpose of man is to not extend his days, but to use them. Oh, yeah. And I will not spend the rest of my life trying to extend my days. I will use them as needed. Some, something is something that like effect. that. It's like, I think the last line is, I will use my time. Yes. And it's a beautiful quote because for Bond, that's perfect. Because the guy didn't try to extend his life ever. He was just living for the moment. He was living for the mission. So, well, you know, to, my to, mom's to, last night, she ate a... Big plate of pasta and drank some wine. So to to, to, yeah. but to your point, you said like if you read um, Ian Fleming's uh, work now, you will find a lot of racism in it. Oh, you for will sure. find a lot of, and this is Matt's quote. Um, and, and correct me if I'm I'm misquoting here. You said this is a pissed off British guy. This is right after World War Two. Yeah. Who's mad that England is not the world power of the world anymore? Yeah, and that's okay. totally true. So. You will find a lot of um, harsh reading in that. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad was born right after World War II. So my dad being born, how is England not the world power? But I think once you dig through his writings, there is a lot of profound um, things in those writings. There are. There's some great stuff. It's and just that like, quote is one of them. That quote's great. You just have to be aware of what you're reading with the Fleming because it literally is a guy. He, he, lived, he was a spy in World War II. And who lived through it, and he's like, oh, England is now not the great world power, and I'm upset about that, and I think we are actually the center of the world still, even though they're clearly not. But you can put that aside, and there's great stuff in Fleming, and that quote is amazing. And that quote was perfect for Bond, and I loved, like, the funeral scene for Bond was, I think, perfect. It was all the people in MI6, they read that quote, they stood up, they, to- they all had whiskey glasses, they toasted his whiskey glass, and then M said, let's get back to work. And that's how Bond would have, Craig's Bond especially, would have wanted it. Like, it's just like, cool, I'm dead. I died for a mission, but... So how do you feel about him dying, ultimately? Yeah, I don't love Bond dying. I never want to see my boy die. Me neither. Who would love that? But... It was awful. Right. It was me? This is how I felt, to me. God damn it. See, this is the thing. We're going through the MCU. Matt has not seen a lot of the MCU. No, I'm not. So I don't want to spoil Endgame. You can spoil it, it's fine. I've heard all the spoilers, so it's okay. Iron Man dies. I know. In Endgame. Yes. For me, that's how I felt. Yeah. I was like, no. No. This, 
This is the fucking centerpiece. That's how I felt, and I'm not invested like you guys are. Yeah. Of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Iron Man dying. No! Captain America giving his shield up because he's old now. No! Thor, I mean, Thor's still going on, but... Like, yeah, Thor's still... We're going to have late yeah, Thor next. But, like, fuck me. These are the Trinity. <clears throat> and, and in Endgame, you get the Trinity fucking shit up and it's fucking awesome we will get there we'll, we'll I get promise there. you we'll get we will eventually. get there but for me that's how it felt yeah. like I know they're going to reboot I know they're going to find someone else of course and and Bond is going to go on because it even said you even said you waited for the end, end oh. credits to say you better believe James Bond will return you better believe the first night I saw this movie and after I saw Bond die I, by the way, we didn't we didn't actually say what the end of the movie was. The end of the movie was we have the we have the funeral and then it cuts to Madeline Swan and Mathilde in his Aston Martin, his uh, uh, V8 Vanquish, and uh, we get her saying, "I want to tell you a story about a man named Bond, James Bond." And it cuts to the we have all great the time ending. in the world. It's a fabulous ending. It's so good. It's great. I love it. Um, Is he sleeping? But yeah, like I I don't love seeing seeing Bond die, and they will reboot it again because. You you 100 better believe the first night I saw it I waited till the absolute end credits to see James Bond will return and it was there so it's fine um, and the way I the, way, the difference between this and Marvel is that James Bond is just sort of this like infinite character he'll just come back um, in the series of Marvel when you kill off Iron Man Tony Stark he's gone because it's a continuing series it's a it's a chronological series with Bond they're just gonna reboot it. I would Everybody say had a problem two, with that, and I'm just like, like that's just what they're doing. I would do. say for two for Marvel, like, you can argue that Iron Man's probably the centerpiece. Yeah. But really, there's a Trinity, which is Captain America, sure. Thor, and Iron Man. Well, they're all gone now, except Thor. I guess he's still around. Maybe you can throw Hulk in there, too, because sure. those are like the four OGs right. of the original. Um, well, even Black Widow, she's dead now. Spider-Man, you can kind of throw in there, too. He came later, though. Yeah, but but those four for sure. Mm -hmm. for, for, without question, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America right. are the three. Sure. Right? So for Bond, it's just Bond. I think with Bond, it's a little bit different. It's, it's hard. It's hard to explain to people. Like, again, I saw this with four different different groups, and everybody had a different interpretation on the end. Before, before we wrap this up, though, I want to get Emma's take first because she's the least Bond fan here. Yes. She's only seen this film once. Oh my gosh. What what was your 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 ultimate takeaway from seeing this movie? I liked it. It's good. I don't like a lot of movies, especially long movies. But it's a two I, hour and forty five minute movie. That's a long, long time for movie. me. That's yeah. a really long time for me. And I was upset that he died because I've seen all these movies with you. A lot of them. Yeah, and I... Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. And it's... Um, and your dad your dad has somewhat of an affinity for these. A huge affinity. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's three important men in my life. You, my dad, and my boss. And... I say James Bond. And James Bond, <laughs> well, actually. More actually important four. men. I actually go five. We can include Matt. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I adore Matt. But um, it's very, very, very odd that I, I cannot stress I, this enough. She went and saw this movie because she loves you. Straight you. up. I appreciate that. It's very true. Cheers. Straight up, dude. 
Like, she was like, I want to be a part of this conversation because of Matt. Yeah. But I had, so I know that my dad, like, liked James Bond. I didn't know that my boss liked James Bond until, you know, COVID happened. He's a happened. big fan, too. He's a huge, huge fan. fan. Huge. He has, like, all the DVDs. But, you know, he's a very important part of my life, too. So it's interesting that every, you know, important man in my life is very interested in these movies. And so I feel like I wanted to see it as well. I haven't asked Bill because we've had a lot to talk to, talk about for work. Yeah. A lot the past couple of weeks, but I haven't sure. asked him if he's seen it, which is bad of me. Ask him right now. Matt, your ultimate takeaway. Oof. This film for me is the ultimate sort of way I feel about every Daniel Craig. The Daniel Craig run. I loved 83% of it. Loved. 83.7. Yeah. (laughs) And the rest I found confusing, difficult... Troubling, poorly written, bad, whatever. But for the 83%, I thought it was absolutely fabulous. But what about your emotions? That's kind of how I feel about Well, I'm not an emotional person, so I just, like, yeah, I got emotional at the end, of course. Like, it was a, it, the whole, the whole, like I said, the whole story is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was a great, this arguably is the best film in the series. Is it the best Bond film? No. I don't think so. But it's a great one. I loved it. I was extremely happy with it. Um, I don't love every decision they made. I don't love seeing my boy die. But I get why they I did agree. it. I agree. But I get why they did it. I really do. And I respect the producers for being like, we're going to kill him. Like, that's a hard decision to make. They could have done the Dark Knight Rises thing where it's ambiguous at the end. Sure. They didn't do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this is... I tried to rank this the other day, and we talked about it earlier, but like for me, in the Craigs... This is probably my second favorite Craig film after Casino. In terms of the entire ranking, I did rank it the other day, and because it nudged out Skyfall, it's currently sitting at my number eight position, uh, which is pretty pretty great. It's a great ending. I, I love the film. Is, is that the one my dad likes with the dog? Yeah. 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 I like the next song. year though. We we're we're gonna we're gonna redo re-rank. this list. Yeah. Um, you know where we go from here. I do think, and I'm watching all the bonds before we do that. Oh, I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna watch all You don't, you know, don't twist my arm. Yeah. Uh, sorry. It's okay. Sorry, uh, more bonds. You know, I <laughs> I like to watch the Sean Connery bonds because the, 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 he the looks Craig's, like my cousin, who I love dearly. The Moors for me are the hard part to get through. I know. I love except the for Moors. a few. The thing is, like, I have the the luxury of growing up on the Moore films, and that, like, you know. Hey, remember TV film uh, when you, there'd be movies on TV? That was me growing up with the Moore films because every time I turn on TNT, especially around Christmas, there'd be like a more a uh, 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 marathon going on. And I love that. I love so marathons. So, I love marathons. So, so, so my perspective yeah, is, is yeah, I love it. So what's this yours? Is, this is somebody who I watched all the Daniel Craig Bond films. I've watched probably all the Pierce Brosnan films. Yeah. Before the pandemic, I never watched any of the Conneries. I never watched any of the Roger Morris, any of the Timothy Daltons. Okay? So we went through this journey where we, we went through all these Bond films. The Connery films, the first four I watched three times each. The first four are Because I love them. Right? So for me, uh, when I look at this movie as a whole, 
Um, th- there's no doubt this is a top 10 Bond film for me. Yeah. Maybe that new car smell will wear off eventually. But, and let's try to revisit this next year. We need Maybe to. like halfway through the year. We need to. We need to revisit this. When and this is, when films. the new car smells up, because we've been salivating for a Bond film. Six years, man. Right. Six years. Since then. Especially since you got me into this. Like, I'm like, fuck yeah, it's a new Bond. Right. <laughs> like, you know? And Well, that's how I felt night one. When I first saw it night right. one, I was like, man, that's a masterpiece. Yeah. And then I went home and I was like, okay, it's not a no, masterpiece. No, dude, but, but the thing is, um, is it a masterpiece or is it pretty fucking close? It's pretty fucking good. It's really good, dude. It's really good. This is a good film. And I think, honestly, and I'm, I'm glad that you're sitting here talking about this because... Me and you are huge Bond fans. Yes. You more than me, but I'm still a huge Bond You're fan. Pretty big Bond fan. But we've got Emma here, who's a casual moviegoer. Two hours, 45 minutes. I don't think I would even call myself casual. I would be reluctant. Okay. But she really, for the most part, enjoyed this film. I didn't fall asleep, I guess. She did not fall asleep. Which is saying a lot. For the most part, you were entertained. Yes. And, and, and the end at least got to you in some way. It did, absolutely. That's someone who's not a fan of the franchise. So I think that reflects heavily on the impact of this film. It's a good film, ultimately. It's fucking great, dude. Yeah. Um, it's an absolutely fantastic movie. Farva, you can fuck off. This is a great <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah, Farva was just unhappy last night, so it's fine. Exactly. This is Go a ahead. good movie if you haven't so seen it. So let's discuss it. He had a beard before, right? Now he's got a mustache. A creepy mustache. Well, that's because he was doing the, he was doing um, the, cop, the character. The cop thing. Yeah. Yeah. From the Super Troopers movie. Is he going to yeah. grow his beard back? Because that's not quite as handsome. No, he, he is. Yeah, he is. He no, he tell him not to. No, he, he wants the beard. No! I don't know. He's. I'm not going to tell him anything in the moment. Maybe his wife wants a fucking tickle. Oh, no. I don't know. She hated the mustache. He told me she hated the mustache. I don't right? like the mustache, yeah. but the. Every... I can't believe he got you in on a bit. He's hiding. Awesome. Yeah, it wasn't him. It was his. Uh, it was his uh, social media guy. Yaz was there. Okay. So he was like, "Only oh, come out like, you know." It was yeah. a good bit. That I was liked funny. it. I liked yeah, it. It's funny. Yeah, I liked it. Anyway, it was refreshing. This is well. Okay, first the beard was gone, which was refreshing. Yeah. And then you were there, which was re- more refreshing. So it was good. Because Matt's I, always clean shaven. I yes. Oh, I'm, yeah. No, I I, I. I just have this because Matt's a handsome guy. He is, ladies. His Tinder is whatever. What is it? I don't know. 0769. I have a date Wednesday that I'm hoping it goes very well. So, Do you do? Goddamn. We'll talk off air. This is great. <laughs> there's a lot of shitty men out I there, and the this... good ones are going to waste. Yeah. I think I'm a good one. I'm a nice guy. He's. Contact. Uh, I'm a girl's this girl. Podcast. He's a good one. Yes. Contact this podcast. If, All right. you, if you want to inquire with him. Before we wrap this up, Bond 26. What do we do? No, I think it's I'm dead serious, ladies. (laughs) No, the new Bond. Yeah, the new Bond. What do we do? I think we're in agreement. Henry Cavill. For sure. Yeah. He was the number two for Casino. He was way too young. Every time there's a number two, they slip into the role, don't they? They did it with Pierce. They did it with Timothy. They did it with Roger. I mean, come on. This is the thing they do. Henry Cavill is... Who is this guy? He's not a... He's Superman. He's Superman. But he's not a big star. He didn't become a big star of Superman. Remember that show The Witcher I was watching? Yeah. The what? The Witcher? No. I'll show you a picture. But anyhow, he's perfect Bond. I think think what we do is we go back to basics. 
we go back to regular Bond. The Daniel Craig thing was fabulous. It was I, great. It I keep thinking, well. let's go back to Sean Connery, and then I remember. No, we're not doing rape. We're not going to do any more rape. I think, Ted, right? And I've said this in previous podcasts. You, you, you cast Henry Cavill. You relaunch. Right. You can start with Casino Royale. It's 15 years old. Yeah. You can start with Casino Royale. Go in chronological order with the books. But update them more for a tw- uh, to 2021 make, to audience, a modern audience. Right. Also, you could take the you could take the ideas from the books and sort of modernize them to where you didn't really know. Absolutely. Like it's the same thing. You know what I'd love? I'd love if just to like really drive the point home that this is a separate thing. I would love if next Bond, Henry Cavill walks right in, and and I'm they say, this uh, my, "I've got my laptop right here." I mean, he's a very attractive man, so they. I, lo- I would I'd love. Fuck him 100. I would. I would I would suck his cock. No homo. No, no homo. Doubt. No homo. I would love if they What's just... His name? Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. I would love if they picked up from... No- oh, he's the first person. Emma, if you do not say that this is not the perfect specimen of a man, I don't believe you. Yeah, he is. Because he, he fucking is. is. I have no idea who he is. And he was the number he two fan of He's 100% the perfect specimen of a man. There's a reason why they cast him as Superman. Literal Superman. <laughs> You don't be a fun way to start. I guess Emma, come on. I don't like the hair. Really? Yeah. I do. She's always like, "Oh, you're the only man for me." It's no. true. Which no. I, I love. It's very sweet. But no, it's true. she's lying. That guy Look is at hot. his curl. I'm sorry, it's a bit pussy. If he came in this bedroom right now, she would spread their legs hundred percent. I wouldn't. I wouldn't, blame I wouldn't blame you. I would spread my butt cheeks for sure. I'm just saying. Dude, talk. It's gonna be Bond. Come on, let's make that guy Bond. He needs a haircut. Well, he's got different hairstyles. That's fine. a Witcher. But anyhow, anyway, you know what be really fun? I have very Bond, specific tastes. The next Bond film, we, we open up pointy. just to just to drive home that Daniel Craig was its own thing. The next Bond film, we open up and we get M and Money Penny, whoever they are, saying, "Uh, Money Penny, where's Bond?" And she said, "Oh, he's just finishing up his mission in North Korea." Ah! <laughs> One hundred percent. Because that was the end of Die Another Day. And then we got a Madonna. Do not the Die no, Another Day. No, I don't. I don't want Madonna. But I love be, making jokes could, about North Korea. But you know what? They could do that in one line, and it would be a funny line, and we'd all be like, "Okay, back to the main timeline. We got it. We got what's going on." The super freaks like us would be like, "All right, that's cool. We like." That. Is North Korea our enemies right now? Or is it Russia? Uh, probably Russia more than North Korea. Let's go with Russia. Let's go with Russia. Right? Yeah, all right, Russia. that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think there are people who don't know that there's a North Korea and South Korea. I mean, there's a lot of stupid fucking there's people. Absolutely so. that. Yeah. When I was a Republican, I didn't know that there was a North and a South Korea. She was only Republican six months ago, just for the record. That's not true. It was more like 15 years ago. But All yes, right. I did not know the difference between the two so Koreas. That's that is no time that's to die. That's no time to die. We finally did it. We're here. I would recommend this highly. Oh, this movie's amazing. Go see it. It's yes. not perfect. It's got problems. But as far as a swan song for Daniel Craig, this is pretty great. Every movie has problems, Matt. But yeah. This is my opinion. This is fucking fantastic. Yeah. And as far as movies this year, I think I've ranked three, maybe four movies as a 9 out of 10. And this is one of them. Yeah. I would say it's also great. high. Yeah. Nobody would be another one. Suicide Squad would be another one. Suicide Squad was great. We yeah. didn't do a podcast on that. Like, you watched Nobody though, right? I did, yeah. Nobody was fucking yeah. great. Did I like great. that? Yes, you did. Okay. You, you ranked it 9 movie. out of 10 too. You loved that movie. We here. did a podcast. I was here. Yeah. We did? Yeah. Yes. 
We had a lot of old fashions that night, in fairness. Emma is going to be joining us plenty more times. This movie is great, and James Bond will return. We're on top because we played to win.